right, we've got numbers. We are rolling. We got a Cleveland Moto podcast. Uh, small cast. Thank you for the out. Good job. Uh, to my left is Pete Hempling. Full mouthful of pizza. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Nick Devito. Nick Devito. Excellent. And Steve Sleepy Cinch. Oh. And oh, look at this, John, John Meckelfresh. Yes. Good job. We literally just pressed the button, John. Yeah. Yeah. Good timing. There's plenty of pizza. So. Fashionably late, John Meckelfresh. Mm-hmm. And his mud wrestling uh, varsity state champs uh, <laughs> souvenir shirt. Two dollars from Savers. Right on. You gotta love the Savers. Just because you're done with it doesn't mean I'm not done with it. Hell no. Yeah. I'm just getting started. The uh, literally. Yeah. And another out. The. So last week we had like a couple of days that were teetering on 100 degrees. Yes. While I happened to be in San Diego. Where it was, was teetering it? on 80. Okay. Oh, beautiful. Comic-Con. Um, I wasn't there for Comic-Con, but Comic-Con was there regardless of what I had for to say you? about it. They followed you out there. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Don't ever fucking set foot in San Diego <laughs> during Comic-Con. Unless you're there being paid to do a comic or con-related thing, stay the fuck away from that place. It's insane. Hotel rooms, 400 bucks for bad ones. Mm-hmm. We paid 200 bucks to stay in a Ramada Limited. Here's a tip. You take a word from the hotel chain you know. Ramada. Any word that you put after there is not making it better. <laughs> so if you go to a Ramada Limited, that's not like getting a Buick Regal Limited. It's not like it's a limited edition. It means that it's limited in what services it can offer you. This hotel was the typical bullshit 1951 hotel of like, you know, two letter U's or a big letter U, first floor, second floor. Anywhere else in the world, this would have been a $49 a night, don't kill me motel. In San Diego, though, it's a Ramada Limited. Two U's for fuck you and screw you. Yeah, it was really... And you're like, this is 200 and some bucks a night. And you go into the lobby area, and you can see that through the use of that subway tile and mm-hmm. you know glass tile, they've done everything they could to make it look fashionable, except for the fact that it's still a bullshit $59 a night motel. It just has nicer shit in it. Their continental breakfast, of course, is basically dry goods, mm-hmm. right? Which is fine. But then you look at the layout. The layout is what we'd expect it to be like. Too, too shitty for a Motel 6. Too shitty for a Super 8. And we got in the room, and the room had the familiar layout of a shitty hotel. It just had nicer stuff in it. Mm. You know, they had done, the, the bathroom surround was nicer. What Every, about the smell? Can't, you can't change the smell. <laughs> you can't change the fact that I know it's going to cost you $250 to smoke in that hotel, but somebody thought it was worth taking the chance. Somewhere between mothballs and cigarettes. Yep, mothballs, cigarettes, and BO. And it was it was that. That's the experience we got. So you brought up a pretty interesting point. Like, I travel quite a bit for work, and sometimes we get stuck in cities where we don't have a, 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 a reservation like that, and you got to kind of scrounge for something. So I was in Pittsburgh, which, you know, Pittsburgh's not a huge It's a city, but it's right. not, you know, whatever. And uh, there must have been something going on. We couldn't find a hotel. So we found like a, 
not a Holiday Inn, but like another like a brand that you've heard of that doesn't sound horrible, and usually they're like fairly respectable, whatever. We found a room, and this thing was the Murder Hotel. It's exactly like it was like a nice, exactly what you're describing. Yeah. It had the name of this big hotel this on big it, chain. with some yeah. other little name after it, right. and. My room had blood stains, and I slept. It was in like my a clothes. Sheraton adjacent. I was yeah. just going to ask, what was the stain level? Were there blood? Or was there? <laughs> yeah. Was it full Joe Hongash? Did it look like yeah. somebody had? I slept in my full on the chair? With jacket on on top of the bed, and I still felt skeevy. Oh, it was so disgusting. I stayed in one in Clark something, Clarksville, West Virginia. There's a fucking hole in the floor in it. What? There was a hole in the floor that you could have dropped that pizza through. I mean, it was probably two <laughs> foot in diameter. Just a hole. Just a hole. It, there was carpet all over it, but there was no wood or flooring or anything else. And it was like a fucking. So there was a sinkhole in the middle of the carpet. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. you, you stayed in the priest suite. It was holy. <laughs> it was holy. Uh, I mean, I've stayed cross country trips. I always try to stay in the ground floor hand, ground floor handicap room. I usually don't roll in until after eleven o'clock at night anyway. Mm-hmm. So, Roll-y-roll. if nobody else has used the handicap room yet. I can pull my bike in through the door. Right. And that's my MO when I'm traveling cross country. It works usually very well. There have been a couple of times, uh, Memphis in particular, where I I was terrified. Yeah, Memphis is an interesting city, man. I put the bike against the door in gear. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking about putting the cable lock on it, even though it was against the door and in gear, and I was sleeping on the bed in my tent. So I took my tent and pulled, rolled the tent out. And then rolled myself into the tent because I was so fearful of bed bugs. I mean, oh, there were visible bed bugs. Yeah. yeah. Dude, Memphis is like, I, I went down there for work. It was crazy. Um, I stayed at a nice hotel, the Peabody, actually, with the ducks that go upstairs and they mm. walk and they go and take the little yes. thing. They put me up in a nice hotel. But I couldn't believe how some parts of the city were so scary. Mm. Like, and I'm not talking like, you know, just like black, white, whatever. I'm talking just like, like methed out white dudes next to gangster black dudes next to whatever it's just scary but then you flip on the radio and this is like like you know every every city at 92.3 or 107 all the major stations have something right yeah of course i flip it on like 92 and i'm driving in the rental car and the first thing they're playing like straight trap music like it's like (laughs) it was like molly molly percocet molly like on the normal radio station (laughs) place man that's sponsored the, by Rochefort Pharmaceuticals. That's yeah. the Hotel Belvedere mm-hmm. in Apollo, Pennsylvania, where I grew up. Oh. That was the nicest hotel in Apollo. That was the nicest hotel? It looks like it's from a Stephen King movie. It was built in 1905. Page, look down. Oh, my God. And you'll see the final picture of it. Oh, it which, burned to shit. Which just happened recently. The right half of it's Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Go back up top real quick. Let me yeah. see. That got properly burned up. Oh, that wow. should have been oh, a movie wow. set. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, that looks like a Stephen King hotel. There's pictures inside it and everything of just the creepiest shit. I mean, oh, you want Scary Doll on the mantle? Yes. We got all that. that. Check all Was it like a weekly week. kind of thing, or was it a... It's, been, it's actually been abandoned for... Well, a long time, but oh, I, I guess uh, it was cheaper to burn it down than yeah, pay to have some it people I've heard call that Jewish lightning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it, sad, but everybody's all sad that that never got restored. I'm like, nah, bad bones, yeah. gotta let it go. And I, my thing was, I'm glad it caught on fire. It doesn't look like there was a straight timber in the place, it made a much more beautiful picture in flames, in flames, yeah, than it would <laughs> have been just getting majestic? slowly picked away and torn down by, yeah. It would have been nice to see its guts, though, as they... <laughs> Cleveland Mode is going to do something we don't normally do. Public service announcement. Oh, do tell. Do tell. So right now, guys, got to be careful if you're trying to buy a helmet. You're trying to buy a helmet on the Ebays or on any of the other usual scumbags. Um, there is a rash of replica 
Counterfeit? Counterfeit, AGV, and Arai helmets. They did it with purses. It was only a matter of time. It was time. only a matter of time. Mm-hmm. They tend to be, the ones I've found, tend to be uh, Valentino Rossi-inspired. Very mm-hmm. popular, apparently, among the uh, forgers and the counterfeiters. Uh, what I can tell you about them is this. It's happening in the UK especially. A lot of guys uh, are falling victim to this. And they're they're going after this Arai helmet, this AGV helmet, which is normally a $600 to $1,200 lid. And they're buying this replica. And there's, uh, there's no shortage of information on the internet or there's no shortage of pictures of these things split down the middle like a, you know, a Jason Voorhees hatchet attack. Uh, There's a documentary or a, a show or documentary on Netflix right now. Uh-huh. I think it's a few years old, but it's it's a guy who goes and talks about fake leathers and fake helmets. Oh wow! Are, like in, especially in the UK, sold. Yeah. And they they have that thing where like it's the machine mm. where they can drop the ten pound weight mm. from five yeah. feet. It's how they get the Snell ratings and, and well, is it Snell in the UK or something like Snell, that? One DOT, of those things. Whatever, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. ECE. So, right, right. so they took a real awry and they shoved it in there, and this thing was like. You know, bounce and the top got like a little soft, but the whole thing, like you know, it nothing on the inside was hurt. They took the the bootleg one, like you're yeah. talking about, same weight, same distance. The fucker split in half. The weight actually made it through the helmet and into the head. Like it didn't do any. It was like you guys won't wear an eggshell on your right. head. It yeah, it's, 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 it's probably really the difference between like a real fiberglass helmet. These guys and are the moving one that fast. Was made really quick on a you know Rotom, plastic Rotom and spray molding. painted and yeah. so yeah. There's two different classifications on eBay that I would like to tell you about for these helmets. There are the $30 helmets, which if you're buying a an AGV helmet or an Arai helmet on eBay for $30, you're a fucking tool anyway, and you right. probably deserve to have your head shattered. Um, but there's a lot of these. There's a whole lot of these $30, and they have the word Arai right on them. I mean, they, yeah, are, right there. they are a pattern helmet. Of it's not even like AGL, L, right. but with the upturned like. No, like this has got Monster look. Energy logos on it. It's got an AGV, you know, rondelle on it. It's clearly a beautiful AGV replica. Anything know? that says anything that says replica or like that it's no, no inspired or anything. Now here's like that. the other ones though. So you got to watch this though because here's the helmet that it's based on. Okay, for two hundred dollars. This is also a Chinese clone. Mm-hmm. So they're coming out at a $30 helmet. They're coming out of the exact same helmet, but priced at $200 or $300. They're all clones of the $1,300 or $1,400 helmet. Okay? Yeah. And the point being that only the $1,300 helmet is made by AGV, or only the $1,300 mm-hmm. is made by Arai. In very casual searching, and I mean, the search that I entered in for this was just like Rossi helmet, Rossi motorcycle helmet, a Rossi Arai helmet I entered in. I was able to find about 16 of these helmets in the $30 price point, and then about a dozen of them in the $300 price point. So they're they're hitting two grades of consumers. They're hitting the complete idiot who thinks he can buy a Rossi helmet from AGV for $30. Again, and then, but they're hitting the other guy who thinks that maybe this is an overstock and maybe this is a, a scratched and dent or maybe it's a unboxed or something well, for 300 Well, the strategy is almost brilliant, though. Yeah. It's almost saying, oh, yeah, we're putting out all these. These are obviously fakes. Yeah. Yeah. But when these. we put a fake and then we put the price up here, it's right. like, well, they wouldn't be asking 200 for a right. fake. Right. 
The real helmet, the AGV Pista or Pista back, GPR. Back up one second. If you click on one of those listings, yeah. though, does it say like 25 available or does it say like one available? It says one. Okay. It says one. And they're closing them out real fast. So uh, I've clicked on a couple of them. Since I did the research a couple hours ago, a lot of them have closed out. So what they're doing is they're just selling one and then closing out the auction. They're not leaving a train. So see what happened? I just clicked on that $30 awry. And what happens is the auction's not there anymore. So they're moving fast. So if they had 25 or 30 helmets listed there, they'd be there long enough to get busted. And these guys aren't there long enough to get busted. They're taking their one and closing the auction. What are the stats on the seller? Do they show, you know, I don't know. A I, thousand I, completed sales at five stars? And excellent have, question. You know what I yeah, mean? Excellent they, question. Yeah, I haven't looked deep enough. Yeah. But the point being, if you are considering purchasing a fashionable helmet like that, you know, a high-demand helmet, if you think you're getting a $1,200 helmet for $300, you're probably not. You're yeah. probably getting something terrible. I mean, there's a few things in motorcycling that you can save money on and you'd be, mm -hmm. you're okay, you know? But the thing that holds your brain inside your head, you probably mm -hmm. don't want to fuck with. Yeah, like, that's true. I've always taken that seriously. That pair of gloves. Those yeah. two things. Yeah, yeah, that's good pair of gloves. That's the first thing that hits your hands, yeah. and, you know. Yeah, I recently went through a lot of my motorcycle gear and threw a ton of the stuff away just because it was super old and mm -hmm. it was falling apart. Yep. And I had like... My, uh, the first time I bought a pair of gloves for over $100. They were AGVs, they were about $200 gloves, I paid about 100 bucks for them. And remember when the, the Kevlar used to be like red and black? And it was Kevlar, but you could see all the threads and everything, mm -hmm. it was like yeah. Gen 1 Kevlar. Mm -hmm. And they had the Gen 1 red and black Kevlar knuckles and all oh, the yeah. impact zones. These things were bitching, they were Thanos gloves, you know? And, uh, but, I'd taken a dive on them, and so the one palm was ripped out. And I remember when I when I crashed that bike, and I'd ripped the palm out. It had gone through all the fake Kevlar, <laughs> or whatever it was, and it had separated at the stitching. Mm -hmm. So the Kevlar was still intact, but the threads that held it together had fucked off. And uh, I'd always said, you know, I'm going to fix these because they were 100 bucks. Well, 20 years later, I haven't fixed them, so yeah, fuck, they're getting thrown away. I, I, I had a very sad moment. Back back when I was a squid on my, my sport bikes, I bought a pair of $250, like, they were, you could race AMA racing with them, Death Rage gauntlets. They were, like, legit, like, real carbon fiber, eight layers of fucking leather on the, you know, all the whatever, all the different things. And I had these things, and they were my gloves, man. They, you know, good for warm or cold weather because they had the gauntlets and everything like that. And this, 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 this summer, I went to my box where I got them, and I must have somehow got some water on them, and they were all molded. Yeah. Oh, I was like, son man. of a bitch. You know, you can't save leather with mold in it no. and throw yeah. those fuckers out. Yeah, that's tough. I mean, that's Those were the really kind of gloves you wear when you know you're going to wreck. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Probably yeah. going yeah. to wad yeah. it up. Those uh, eight, um, the Icon, the Icon Titex where it actually has titanium in the mm, gloves, wow. and it looks like a medieval, you know, it, like a yeah. medieval uh, jousting gauntlet. Metal armor. And it's <laughs> yeah. proper titanium and everything. Um, I bought a pair of those when they were on super duper blowout. Mm. They were like 229 retail, and I think they were blowing them out for 49 bucks. I was like, now I will own a pair. The stunt dudes used to lay back at 12 o'clock and yeah. drag their hand and make the sparks. sparks with the stuff. Sparks, yeah. sparks. Yeah. Um, John, John was asking about the um, the credibility of those. A lot of them are being filtered. I'm seeing them listed as coming from the United Kingdom on eBay in the U.S., which is interesting. Um, and I'm also seeing that they have, uh, this is one of the $200 ones. Uh, the seller, 
the sellers got nothing. So yeah, that's no, uh, no prior prior sales. No prior sales. Brand new ID. Brand new, brand new seller. Yep. So that's absolutely warning sign. So clearly a fucking problem. Yep. And then it's when you have quantity one and the thing's sitting there in a in a. Uh, in a bag, helmet bag, and no box, etc. So, and in that situation, weird. you have to worry if you'll even get any helmet. Right. I, I was mean, just thinking yeah. it's like yeah. they just have a thing where they're just trying to mine people who will yeah. pay. That's true. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of them for two hundred bucks. There's a lot of them for thirty bucks. Um, yeah. So just be aware of that there's a lot of dangerous helmets out there. If you're gonna, if the deal looks too good to be true. And I'm sure it's not limited to just those either. Yeah, so dude, no matter what research. helmet you're buying, right. just make sure. I wonder what to, or you get a helmet that's this big. It's a little bobblehead. Uh, <laughs> I did make the mistake of ordering a pair of size 11 Chuck Taylors one time. Yeah, yeah. And I, you know, I, all my Chuck Taylors are black on black on black. So like, that's my that's what I wear because I work in a shop environment. And I ordered a pair of black on black on black Chuck Taylors, and I was stoked because they were only 32 bucks, and they were children size 11s. <laughs> I forgot to mention that. <laughs> I looked at the fucking picture and everything. Yeah. Speaking of shoes, yeah. This was a huge brand. Like I had a boner all day today. So Vans, you, go, you. you go to the at Vans. Your age, yeah. Well done. <laughs> my wife's yeah. out of town. Nothing to do with it. But uh, uh so Vans nothing now. Nothing to do with you, it. <laughs> well, you know, yeah, yeah. But uh, Vans, you can go there now, and they have customized your your slip-ons. Mm -hmm. So like yeah. I made that. I ordered a pair with some props on them, like any kind you of. Kind of late to the party. They've been doing that for years. Really? Yeah. You can make your own. I know yeah. you can make your own. <laughs> How much are they? Eighty bucks. That's what Piper was. It's, yeah, it's like Something twenty bucks like over whatever the thing yeah. is. But that's what's 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 the graphic? It's just like little propellers from drones. Yeah. I just bought uh, these. They look like Benetton. I like the Benetton. One eighty-eight. Yeah. Uh, if you rock those yeah. with an eight ball jacket of the same color, <laughs> yes. you would be. Yeah, you could have the 1988 special. Oh, yeah. 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 Do the eight ball jacket and the multicolored United colors of Benetton. That is yeah. pretty cool. I've been searching eBay for vintage F1 shirts and stuff really? like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you well, got a Larry was doing really well selling his old punk t-shirts. Mm -hmm. Oh, yep. like, like getting two hundred and yeah, yeah. dollars. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, absolutely. Oh, yeah. T-shirts are much. This is an original screeching weasel. Yeah. Good for you. I have two of those. <laughs> My daughter always goes, Dad, why is that rat smoking a cigarette? And I'm like, it's not a rat, it's, it's a, a weasel. weasel. It's a screeching weasel, sweetie. <laughs> God damn it. Um, <laughs> interesting news in the motorcycle front, because since we're being all responsible and having a podcast like adults. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know all those guys that ride around on dirt bikes and generally just make a fucking mess of things? Bike life guys. Is that what they call them? That's that what, what the, the there's, there's the company that follows these guys around and videotapes them called Bike Life. Bike Life, all right. Mm -hmm. So that's the name of the company that videotapes them and yeah. then posts and they the have shit a, on the YouTubes. Yeah, and that's where they, I think they make their money there because some of these videos have like five, six 600,000 views. Okay. They shot one in Cleveland last year. That was the big thing. They came here. They and, came through our neighborhood pretty pretty yeah. strong at yeah. about 11 or 1 p.m.-ish on a Sunday. Yep. Yeah. Um, it was something. I had a conversation with one of the motor officers. Yeah. The bike guys who rides the our city's bikes that are for chasing them. Right. Our specialized yeah. equipment. Yeah, BMW F650 and KLR F650s. Uh -huh. And he said the fifth, all the way to the east, and the first district. And I'm like, where are they coming here? I mean, right. where where are they coming from? I don't know. But that's where we've had a lot of activity. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. It's good to be that season too. The other right. day, coming home, and then uh, I was coming down Carnegie, and there's about 25 guys in ski masks, 
baklavas or whatever you want to call mm -hmm. them. You know, just no plates, no lights. Baklava is a sticky dessert. Yeah. yeah. Well, what's the thing? Bakla, what is it? Balaclava. 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 That's it. Yeah, they had a whole bunch of dessert stuck to their face. Well, even, even in uh, like Akron, almost every day, there's people doing wheelies on quads going down. There's like a group of a dozen or so guys. And it's like, oh, kind of makes me worried about keeping my garage door open. Well, no, 100%. Well, and this is a, there were guys out in Chesterland and places like way out in the middle of nowhere that like they'd have a dirt bike for sale and then like a gang would pull up and be mm -hmm. like yeah we're gonna buy your dirt bike knock the guy out and steal his well, dirt let bike. me tell you a little bit about that yeah. so first things first here locally just a little we'll give you the international news or the national news for second we'll talk about home so apparently what's been happening here in cleveland for a while but is now starting to get more traction is you've got a dirt bike listed up on craigslist mm -hmm. or facebook marketplace or wherever cycle trader fellow comes to your place to buy it Mill alarm warnings go off. He's not, you know, Ribus for life tattooed on his forehead. Right. Doesn't have, you know, one gold tooth right. in his entire head. There's no warning signs. He's just there to buy your bike. A number of people have sold their motorcycles to people who have paid them with counterfeit $100 bills. Mm -hmm. It appears to just be $100 bills. Not 20s, not 50s, it's 100s. And there's been enough of it that it's made a bubble in the news cycle. So if you are selling a bike and somebody wants to pay you with a nice, fresh, clean stack of hundreds, you may want to say, can you do me a favor and bring small bills? Not that there's a lot less chance of them being counterfeit. It's just it's a lot easier for you to get rid of them when it comes time to get rid of them. Okay? It may be hard for you to dispose of a counterfeit $100 bill, but it won't be hard for you to dispose of a counterfeit 20 or 50 Okay. I'm not trying to say that your Johnny fucking law enforcement are going to be able to detect a, a bogus Hondo. Let's just rule that out. If the guy's coming in and buying your bike and he wants to bring money, bring cash, which is the rap, you know, I'm bringing cash, man. I'm here to play. I got cash. Cash talks, man. Well, cash talks does. Yeah, right on. I'm there. However, bring small bills. Also, Stop at the bank and get your 1,200, you know, your 12 Benjamins turned into a whole bunch of Jacksons. You know what? It's even harder to fake quarters. Yeah, yes. And also, yeah. well, you can also bring buy... Bring me rolls of quarters. It's, it's, yeah. six, <laughs> it's $6 for a money pen. Yeah, if you're selling a bike, go buy a money pen. They're 6 bucks. That's the thing that, like, you know, like if you put it on real money, it's brown, but if it's uh, not, okay. it turns black. Sure. Yeah. I can see why they're doing the hundreds. I mean, you don't think twice about crisp, brand new hundreds, you know? No. And most people. No, because our currency aren't. system does cycle the hundreds so quickly that every time I get a hundred at the shop, it's usually crisp, hmm. right? And it's going to change the way we behave around here at the shop, too, a little bit. We've got money pens, but, right. you know. Usually when I get a hundred, it's rolled up, and I have to take it from the guy and yeah, yeah. Shit you know, all lick all the coke yeah, off yeah. of it. Yeah, I feel it. like well, like I just had that one bike, the Shadow. Mm -hmm. The guy pulled up in a truck, mm -hmm. so I did make note of his license plate. Yeah, I'll do that not too. A bad yeah. Idea. And we had already had a conversation, so I had his phone number and a cell phone number, which I guess it could be a burner or a drop phone or whatever. You know, yep. I made sure that I backed yep. the bike out of my garage. Oh yeah. So as not to let him see the ten other bikes that exactly. I had stacked up in my garage, yeah. mm -hmm. and quite frankly, I had a pistol in my pocket. So yep. if he had tried to punch me out or something like that, well, there was a, speaking of like gunplay and stuff. Last year, there was a guy who had a 
bike for sale on Craigslist. Somebody came to look at it. They stole it. I think they looked at it, came back like a day or two later and stole it. Mm -hmm. But anyhow, these guys tracked their bike down. The guy went after, they knew where it was. The guy went with a gun. He ended up shooting the guy. And that guy went to jail. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's like there's people out there that are trying to rip you off and you can get yourself in trouble trying to not get ripped off. Exactly. It's just the same. Mm -hmm. And so even so, when they give you currency, there could be a problem. Now, good, good common sense is, you know, just... If you're going to do the transaction at your house, don't let them see what's in your garage. This is not the time to be bragging about your rare collection of mm -hmm. easily transportable goods. Um, <laughs> it's it's become a very big deal. I did not realize this until today that we have a Facebook page in Cleveland for stolen motorcycles. That's fucked up. That there is a Facebook page for stolen dirt bikes. What do you mean, like to buy? No, people posting shit that got stolen. My shit got oh. stolen. Oh, okay. So there's such a large community of people who have had bikes stolen from their garage. It's the cyber telephone pole that you staple a picture of, of your yeah, bike Yeah, you're right. Like yeah. your missing dog picture on the corner, you know. That's I exactly that was, right. I mean, I saw, like, Louisville, those guys are always posting up. I'm on the, you yeah. know, friends with Louisville motorcycle, vintage motorcycle guys, and it's like every day somebody's posting a stolen bike, stolen bike. And I was thinking... Man, I don't see that here in Cleveland like, because I would I thought that we just didn't have as much of a problem. Right. Or like in Cleveland, if bikes started getting stolen like that, somebody put out a bait fight and somebody would end up with dead or something. Right. You know? right. Like, That's true too. It's a hard game here. Harder game here. I think in Cleveland. I think it's funny that our, our government a couple like a couple years ago decided that the solution to all this dirt bike running through the street problem <laughs> is to make a place that they could go ride dirt bikes and give them a place. Well, we see how that well that way. Well, of course it wasn't gonna go well, but yeah. what did they think like there would be so, so there were, they'd be harboring it'd be like a stolen bike rodeo. That's what I said. They weren't addressing the elephant in the room. It's right. not like there's a bunch of guys that are law abiding right. in other every other aspect of their life that has a legitimate motorcycle that they bought at a legitimate dealer that didn't have a place to ride it. That's right. not the problem. No, that's not the problem. The problem is these guys are stealing dirt bikes. They're unlicensed. The right. bikes are unlicensed. The officer that I spoke with said their mo is not even. They don't care so much about the rider. I mean, if you give up. And you don't run after mm -hmm. you wreck because that's basically how they catch them. Chase them till they stop or wreck or whatever. And then they just want the bikes. They're just trying to get the bikes because they're either stolen or they're getting them off the street, you know, whatever. Or if it is their bike, they've got their, you know, their run the bin and, you know. And I think that's where Phil was heading with. Well, this is what we're going to talk about is this forum, this Facebook group that's stolen in Northeast Ohio, ATV, dirt bikes, and motorcycles. This one guy in Chesterland lost five motorcycles from his garage. Um, he's a pro-level motocross racer. His kids are pro-level motocross racers. Mm. And so they've lost five brand new or competition rated bikes. This is their whole family's lively. I mean, this is what they do. This is their game. And these bikes are appearing on Instagram but on, under the people who've stolen them. <laughs> okay? So the people that are stealing the bikes are people that are ending up with the bikes. Maybe they're not stealing them, but maybe they're getting them through illicit means. Mm -hmm. But the receiver of stolen property is not just enjoying doing wheelies with his friends in an urban environment. He's enjoying having it photographed and put on Instagram. So this is what's happening. And why this Facebook page is kind of cool and it's kind of neat is there are people on here that are pissed off and vengeful and want their shit back and they're pissed off and vengeful enough that they've become vigilant and they are watching 
the YouTube channels and they're watching the Snapchats and they're watching the Instagrams of these guys. And they're posting up to the group a picture of this young man leaning against this very specialist, very uniquely prepared competition 85cc motorcycle. Mm -hmm. All right. And this might just be an 85cc mini bike to somebody, but to somebody who's racing in that class, this represents five or six thousand dollars worth of hard-earned technology, oh, probably ten, and a heartbroken kid, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. a heartbroken twelve-year-old or something. Intelligence is an ever-expanding section of law enforcement mm-hmm. right now, with most cities, including ours, where they're hiring more civilians, mm-hmm. hiring them as intelligence analysts mm-hmm. to do just kind of that. Yeah, to go like because now with social media, it's become much more easier and, and valuable to like. Just go out there and play around and see what you can find yeah. and bird dog this and skip trace that and yeah. who knows what you can unravel. It's shocking. And, you know, there's a reason we stopped having dirt bikes here in the shop. There's a reason because our shop was broken into once. Okay. We, we had the van stolen once and the shop was broken into once just to get about a $1,200 dirt bike that happened to be in here. And they ended up doing thousands of dollars worth of damage to my building plus the feeling of being violated and everything else and the cops being here and me leaving my house at three o'clock in the morning to get here to find a broken door and everything else they didn't even get the bike you know so these guys aren't high art criminals right that's not what's happening here these are young people who want to ride dirt bikes and they want to ride them in the streets of urban areas they Mm -hmm. want to do wheelies down the street um, on quads and on dirt bikes and on Hayabusa or whatever Giving them a motocross park isn't going to change that. No. Yeah. No. I've made that argument before. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, maybe they'll ride there, but they're still going to want to. The adventure is not dirty being able the to do it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The adventure yeah. is not being able to do actual motocross skills in a motocross park. The adventure is doing it in the urban environment and saying, fuck you to law enforcement. When, when the stunt war stuff was going on many years ago, and we used to travel all over with my company, and we go to all these different, like, you know, sanctioned stunt bike things, right? Where you have all the guys from all over the country coming to try to earn or win 50000 bucks, right? Mm-hmm. They'd ride on the racetrack from 1 o'clock until 6.30 when the last thing, and then, okay, it's closed tonight, we'll see you guys tomorrow morning. And everybody's like, all right, meet at 8 o'clock. And then the real shit, all these guys that were there that could, like, you know, lose mm-hmm. 50 grand worth of prize money would go and just terrorize downtown of right. wherever city it was because that's the fun of it. Like, that's what they want to do. Right. The fact that it's sanctioned and the fact that it has a race environment right. that's a, a true racetrack, which they're going to use their skills to, to try to win right. money, but that's right. not the, they don't get a thrill like they right. do. But at night, they're going out, and when we were in Chicago, we saw guys doing it, and they were flipping off the police and breaking off the mirrors on police cars. Mm-hmm. And in Cleveland, we've seen them do it. And here recently, so one city has taken a pretty draconian fucking tack with these guys. Um, and initially, I was like, fuck that. No, because I like freedoms, and I like being able to do cool shit. But you know what? This might be where it is. The Springfield, Massachusetts Police Department is straight up coming down heavy on it. And what's the irony in that? Springfield, Massachusetts? About it. That's the home of Indian motorcycles. Is it really? Oh, there you go. Well, there you have it. It's a Uh, motorcycle town. A motorcycle town. As much as Milwaukee, Wisconsin, or anybody else. It's Springfield. I thought Springfield, Illinois. Springfield, Massachusetts. Springfield, Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. They have been going down. First offense. So there are rules, and they are taking bikes. And 
The deal is, if it's being uh, used in an unsafe fashion, if it's an off-road vehicle and it's being used in an unsafe fashion or it's modified or it's louder than it should be, or the weirdest one, stored indoors, yeah, stored that. in the home, they can confiscate it. That one's kind of weird. It is very weird. I had to look it up. So, did you look up the actual spring? Because there's a bunch of people debating this yep. online. Like, yeah. Did they mean this? Did they mean that? Yeah. There's a lot of that. What is the intention? Go ahead. So maybe what they're doing is like, I live in an apartment. I'm, you know, I don't. I live with my mom. Mm -hmm. I'm a single mom in yep. an apartment. Yep. I bring my bike up to the apartment because I don't have a garage. That's right. Or I don't keep it in the garage. So yep. Nobody can look in. The, if you look in the garage, there's no bike in the garage. Exactly. It's in my bedroom. So yeah. it turns out that they didn't have to write the part of the law that said motor vehicles inside a residence hmm. because that was already there. Huh. Turns out, guys from the fire department don't think it's great if you have a gasoline-powered vehicle inside your residence. And the law actually mandates for lawnmowers, tractors, motor vehicles not to be in the residence that is the dwelling. Not a problem if you have zero. Also true. So keep your eye on your fucking zeros, right? Mm -hmm. So that was already on the books. The one that's the weirdest is the one they didn't have to write in. Mm -hmm. The one that's not so, you know, the other one is being able to confiscate something on the first go. And that falls down to the inability to provide proof of ownership. It's an off-road vehicle, which means it does not have an on-road title or license plate. And then the third is it's been modified to increase the sound. It's loud. Back to the off-road vehicle, too. That yeah. means most off-road vehicles, like a hardcore motocross bike, mm -hmm. has no headlight, no taillight, no brake, mm -hmm. brake light, no turn signals. Right. Definitely illegal to be on the road. Absolutely. Yeah. And they're loud. And they're loud. Right. So right there, boom, 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 one, two, three. We've got all three things we would ever need. We've got three of the three. We only need one. We've got three of the things. And the idea being, if you're suspected of being one of these guys, meaning we've gone to your YouTube channel or we've gone to your Instagram account, and the detectives show up at your door and they see the CRF lightly stolen sitting in your mom's living room, they can take it. Because there's an ordinance that says that motor vehicle is not allowed to be inside that dwelling. I don't like that part. Nobody does. Yeah. But the first two conditions should also be met. And that's where I had a problem with it. Mm -hmm. They're not there looking at you unless they need to be there looking at you. Then the cherry on top is you got a fucking dirt bike in your living room. Tell you what, in this case, I'm going to go with it. I'm going to say... I didn't show up at your house looking for cocaine, but now I'm standing in your doorway and I see the cocaine. Yeah. And if I can see the cocaine, I can take it. And I can take you for being around it. I'm not going in your house to just look for some cocaine, but if I can see the cocaine, you're going to jail for it. And that's the way the law is written. The law simply states you're not allowed to have gasoline-powered vehicle inside a dwelling. There's nothing wrong with that law. I think that's a good fucking law. Does anybody have a problem with that law? Seriously? Do we have a problem with a law that says you shouldn't have a gasoline-powered vehicle inside a dwelling? Yeah. 
People in Springfield didn't have a problem with that law. I would think James would. I mean, he's had his, his scooter. On I've his, had my scooter on in my house coffee many table, times. Me and it was just comfortable to rebuild it. Absolutely. Maybe there was no fuel in it. Maybe it was Might not secure, have been. You know, maybe the gas and you know what? wasn't even in In that situation, I've been in that situation many times. I've lived in third floor apartments with a scooter on the dining room table called a winter rebuild. Mm-hmm. Done it a lot. What if I want to work on it in my basement? What if you do? Yeah. Here's the point. Though I know a kid who burnt to death and got killed and burned his whole house down. I was going to say. He had his bike in his basement and had a gas leak and it hit the pilot. And, yep. and we know a guy. Happened in high school. That was fixing Lambrettas, fixing scooters in his basement. Right? He I had finished, customer's bikes in there. I finished one. Right? And he had customer's bikes in his basement and the pilot light and the gasoline vapors got together and had a party. And they blew fuck all out of his house. Shit. So maybe it's a good law that you're not supposed to have motor vehicles in a dwelling. And if you're, I mean, not playing devil's advocate, I'm being straight. You're right. I did have a motor vehicle on my kitchen table. Now, the extenuating circumstances is, well, I emptied the gas tank outside. Obviously, we're not married at the time. Right. I was. was We were dating, but yeah. But I guess the point being that I was guilty of breaking a law then. And if I looked deep enough into University Heights books, I'll bet you they have a regulation or an ordinance somewhere that says you're not supposed to have a motor vehicle inside your fucking domicile. But you probably weren't, well, there wasn't Instagram then, but you also weren't posting yourself with a stolen bike where the cops would come looking for... And there would have been no reason for the cops to be there. And you can always argue the case about, they're taking away my freedom, they're taking away my liberty. Well, they ain't taking away shit. Unless you had them there. And, and the thing is, is that the the power and the the lure right. of Instagram glory, yeah. for some reason, is overtaking common sense. Yeah, it sure lot is, of isn't dudes. it? It's like straight criminals <laughs> are like, look at me. Yeah. Like they literally have caught guys that have robbed gas stations mm-hmm. because five minutes they got away. Yeah. They're like they had no clues that the yeah. videotape wasn't working. Yeah. Nothing was there. These guys were scot free. And then like the next morning, they post a thing of the fanned out money. Like, mm-hmm. what's up, players? Baller time. Yep. And it happened to be like you could actually see the dollar, the the fucking yeah. things on the whatever, and they busted them. Well, this this particular Facebook page is I mean, you, you chock know, a block with people in that exact situation. You're talking all about the Fourth Amendment, right. search and seizure, yeah. you know. And when do you need a, a a search warrant and not need a search warrant? Yep. But you know, it's like the example of oh, you know, you see a criminal and he goes running into a house. Can yep. you chase him? Well, if you have reason it's that that, that, cre- right. that criminal activity is afoot, that yes, yeah. you can chase it's him. Exigent. Into a house. Yeah, exactly. If uh, you know, if you see something, you know, if some if a man was beating his wife and you're right. standing at the door watching him beat his wife, you'd have to go inside. Exactly. So, you know what I mean? Like and this is one of those things where initially I felt I felt I felt bad about it because I was like, I don't want some cop coming into my house. But the point is, I haven't done anything to cause the cop to come to my house. Now and, you have your stereo up loud and the cops knock at the door right. and bong sitting on the You got <laughs> it. Now that's you don't exactly now right. you don't necessarily want them to be able to be you know, but that's, that could happen too. That's right too. So, so is this the, the is that the portion of this set of laws that people are most upset about? Seems to be. Okay. Yeah, okay. seems to be. Well, seems to be. They're because they're, I because I feel like if they're out on the street and they get caught, well you shouldn't have gotten caught. Yeah. Yeah. Well the idea being that we all know that somebody who has nothing to lose can run faster than somebody who has everything to yeah. lose. And so a person being pursued is always faster than the one doing the pursuing. Mm-hmm. So the other thing is the okay, so the aspect of these are being seized. Yes. Uh, obviously if it's stolen, yep. you can't go get it back. Correct. But if I bought mm-hmm. legitimately and I have a bill of sale yep. for a bike mm-hmm. and for some reason or a title. I've, 
I have, you know, I've I, I parked it in my living room. Sure. When I was working on it. Right. Yeah. Okay, so they're allowed to confiscate it, seize it. I don't even think they are. I think they can cite you for it. They can cite you for it. Yeah, okay. and that's another point where. And I'm then gonna, my, yeah. the follow up yeah. to that is my second question to that is, yes, they can seize it. They can impound it. Right. But can I go get it back? If that's the other thing. You know, that's how like, about this? You don't have. Is to it worry. like a drug seizure where now they right. own it? Right. You don't have to worry about this law, if you have. A title right, right. for your shit or a bill of sale for your shit. Okay, so they're not okay. taking... Say, How about that? Let's okay, start okay. with, I've got a dirt bike. That's great. Good for you. Do you have anything that proves you own it? No. Then you might as well fucking give that piece of shit away. Seriously. Behind us is a BW200. It is not titleable. But I have a for off-road use title for it. Which you can apply for and get. I have it. Yeah. I have done that weird act. That everyone says is impossible. Not it's really. not impossible. Right. Walk into the goddamn title bureau with a etching, a VIN rubbing of the bike you have and a bill of sale. You will get a four off-road use. Now, I don't have an on-road use title for it. But you can get one. Mm, even through but a there's, long there's process. Paper but yes. there's paper the point being, I have a title that name. shows I own that bike. Yeah. It is not just the easiest to steal dirt bike in the world. Because, yes, the vast majority of dirt bikes do not have titles. Now, that's changed a lot in the past 10 years. Yeah, I was going to say, all the new ones yeah, do. all the new ones do. And if you don't have a title for your shit, God damn it, make a bill of mm. sale and a VIN pencil etching, if that's what your state requires, or take the thing in the back of your grandpa's stolen pickup truck down to the fucking title bureau and let them do a VIN inspection, mm. make sure the VIN matches what's on the bill of sale, and they'll issue you a for off-road use title. Now you can prove you own that motorcycle when your garage gets broken into and it's stolen and you want to have it back. So, looking at photos of the impound lots where these bikes that are being confiscated are going is not like looking at the AMA Vintage Days swap meet. It is like looking at the paddock of a major 450 class fucking supercross race. Mm -hmm. They're not stealing garbage, folks. They're stealing. They know what they're stealing. There's no CX-500s. There's no CX-500s. <laughs> there's no trail, you know, there's no TW-200s. No, it's fucking CRF-450s. It's big, beautiful Husqvarna's. It's beautiful fucking, you know, super mode conversions and shit. They know what they're taking. There, there were... Uh, they're this, brand aware. This was uh, reported... Uh, where I, I read this on Adventure Rider somewhere, but... They had big, uh, big dirt bike races. You know, like whatever, yeah. like like multi-state people were coming together for this big dirt bike race. Yeah. And whatever city this was by, the bike life guys, the guys that wanted to steal bikes, they kind of went to the races and then followed these guys. Yeah. And then so they'd be like an hour away, and they'd all go, "Hey, let's meet at fucking uh, stake something house. Right. It's an hour away." So all these trailers and trucks yeah. would pull in, and at yeah. that, guys would come out, and three of the trailers are gone. Gone. They were taking like yeah. all yeah. the stuff. pulling the whole trailer. Yeah. And that's where I'm seeing a lot of that reported. A lot of theft of trailers. If you've got a trailer and it has like Thor motocross gear or Fox yeah. motorcycle mm-hmm. gear on the side of it, they'll just take the whole trailer. I never understood that when people like like gussied yeah. up their trailer, unless you have a business or something where you have to promote it. But right. like as an individual, yeah, they have all these stickers on the. You're yeah. basically telling people like, what's inside the trailer? This is all <laughs> my <laughs> aftermarket. Parts exactly. Right here in yeah. the city of Cleveland, that's almost a good way to launder and get a title because. When your bike gets okay, you take your dirt, you take your bike that has no title, mm-hmm. go ride in front of the cops. <laughs> you get fined. It gets whatever. 
if it's worth it, yeah. they impound it. Yeah. Then you send your buddy to go buy it. It comes back with a title because it's illegal in the state right. of Ohio to sell a motorcycle without a, a title. So they they create would, a title. I've heard about this. And all those bikes, that but you I see, have never seen it successfully happen yeah. because one, the guy who's probably well, I'm sorry, the guy who's participating in the police auction probably has paper. Yeah. He probably has a warrant. And I've participated in a bunch of police auctions, and that's the first thing they check. Yeah, it's it's yeah. not a good strategy. Uh-oh. It's not no. a realistic. Strategy. Yeah, I think but, they've caught a lot of people that had outstanding warrants attempting to buy things at the police auction, because the first step is you got to give them your social security number. Well, you got to show ID. Or you got to show ID, and they're going to run you, and they're going to plop pop you right out of that auction, <laughs> because guess what? You're trying to buy your stolen shit back, dipshit. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah, uh, they are making arrests, so Springfield is making, and we're not going to get into the, the minutiae of it, but Springfield is arresting people, and they're arresting people, and they're throwing the you know they're throwing the guy in jail, even if it's momentarily, but they're getting the bikes, and they've managed to collect a couple hundred odd motorcycles. Now, getting those motorcycles in touch with their proper owners, that's about where it comes in. It's handy to have a bill of sale or a, a for offer use title on these things. The other thing too is. If you are the bad guys, and the reason the bad guys have been stealing the dirt bikes is because they know that the likelihood of there being a title for a quad or a dirt bike is pretty low. They can't get prosecuted. They can't. The, the state can't prove it's not their bike. In order to get a conviction, they got to prove it's not your bike. Mm-hmm. Going under the possession is nine tenths of the law. Exactly. Such, you know. Right. So, if you've got a title on your bike, and they steal it, they can never prove it's theirs, and they can't. Prove it's not stolen, and it's instantly identifiable as soon as a cop runs the VIN number. That's exactly, it comes right. up to you. Absolutely. So that's another thing I would say: if you like your bike and you want to hang on to it, and you don't want to give it away to bad bad person. Make sure that you got a fucking title for it, even if it's an off-road use title. So that's a big, big thing. Uh, we all know the problem. The problem is, the problem is right in our face. We've all seen it. Everybody that's been around in a city knows what's going on. The question is. Are we willing to let this be the way that we deal with it? And <clears throat> they've got container loads of motorcycles, you know, so they're they are collecting the bikes. They're they're getting them. Um, that's the the real question. Is great place to buy a bike from the the police auctions. Oh, I would say you could probably go in there and get a fully laid out, goddamn track ready fucking yeah. because dirt bike for. That- Weren't none of those bikes that got yeah. impounded that weren't running and rideable yeah. right before they got snatched. Exactly. You know I mean? And like, also, the cops that are selling them don't know the value of that bike. And the best they can hope to do is get a Kelly's Blue Book on I mean, it or anything. It's an auction. Uh, and, it's an auction, yeah. And they, you know, and the technically, you yeah. you can't buy them if you're a cop. You can't. That's true. City, it's a yeah. city auction, right. so city employees can't. Mm. They can't participate. But I thought, I read I read one thing where the Springfield guys, they were going to crush them. They, they said, sell that, them. that was one of the things. In the text, they said, we don't know what we're going to do with them. Oh, okay. The point being that the, the state has an obligation to retain the property for 45 days. Gotcha. Okay. And then after the 45 days, how they choose to... Dispose of the properties entirely up to them. Is that 45 days just like if somebody comes and claims it or files a report or something like that? Or I think it's 45 days from the date the vehicle is confiscated is the only time that they're supposed to, that they need to be responsible for it, mm-hmm. which okay. is an incredibly short period of time if you've ever worked with a state agency. Oh, yeah. Let's just say your car gets towed for something minimal. Mm-hmm. It could take you a few days to get that car back. 
If your car gets impounded because you got arrested for something, it could take you several weeks to get that car back. Oh, and they count on that because they charge you $140 a day. A day. Oh, yeah. exactly. but after 14 days, it's their car. Right. If you, recover, if you get your car gets towed for speeding right. tickets, yeah. I think it's, a, I was going to say 10, but I think it's 14. In the state of Ohio, it's 14 days for salvage law. They could take so, your car. It's, yeah. it's not your car anymore. Yeah, 45 days in, in this particular case in Springfield, the, the officer that they were interviewing said that they have an obligation to keep the property for 45 days. How they dispose of it after that is entirely up to them, whether they choose to sell it at auction and bring some money back into the city, yeah, or use, whether use they choose to crush it. that money to buy it. their own dirt bikes to catch the right. dirt bikes. You know? But he also said it would probably be in their best interest to sell them out of state so they didn't have these violators come right. and try to buy the bikes back. Mm. Right. Yeah. The city of Cle oh, I mean, just talking with the guy, because I, you know, I, I talked with the guy who runs the vehicle auctions, and they were looking at moving away from just the, okay, wake up at 8 o'clock on this particular Saturday morning, and mm -hmm. here we all are. Okay, this is who's going to bid. First car, you know, cars, vehicles, disposing of stuff. And they're like, no, we're going to probably start putting them on eBay or yeah. putting them on, you know, like. Get a bigger audience for Put them it. out Gov there, deal. get more money Gov deals. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, a lot of cities are using Gov deals. Yeah, they should have set up their own website, man. Yeah, that's true. Well, it'd be an interesting way to get some awareness mm -hmm. because until I had done a lot of research, I don't live in, this is a silly statement, I don't live in a neighborhood where a lot of this is going on. Right. Now, that's, that's stupid because I can tell you from my law enforcement background, people tend to steal from one socioeconomic status higher than they're in. Mm -hmm. So you don't have dead poor people going to rob Bill Gates. Right. That's way out of their fucking league. Their brain doesn't even work that way. They assume there's law enforcement, they assume there's private security, and burglar bars, and, and lights, and sirens, and everything else. So low, super low income ghetto people are not thinking about robbing the people right. in Gates Mills. They're not. They're thinking about robbing the people in Cleveland Heights. They're going one level above what they're dealing with on the day-to-day. -day. Don't live near a rapid stop. Well, how about that? Jump on the train. Yeah. Go to the west side. Yep. Jump off the train. Yep. Hit a bunch of cars. Right. Jump back, jump on, the back train, on the train. Jump back on the train. Fly back. Yeah, exactly. You know, so we get hit a little bit, like, you know, over that Trisket Rapid yep. area. Those people always They get hit all the time. Theft from cars is constantly happening. So that's a big part of it and we had a lot of theft from cars happening in my neighborhood mm -hmm. now i've got very good locks on my garage and i've got very good lighting around my house it's you know that's a part of what i do to keep myself secure but my garage is a fucking veritable playhouse full of toys you know so pro tip yeah um harbor crap they do sell a solar powered led light that is motion sensitive to like 50 feet and you mm -hmm. can set it yeah that is awesome I've had it on my garage on the side of the garage it's where like, there shouldn't be people yeah. there, yeah. and it works flawlessly. And then I put one on the side for my entrance because we didn't have any power over that side of the house. Mm -hmm. Year and a half going strong. And, I mean, if anybody gets within 50 feet of my door, it goes up, including cats and yeah. other things at night. I'm like, oh, shit, who's here? And it's a cat. You know, no, that's my neighbor. My, I to see my favorite harbor crap, harbor crap device is the driveway alert mm -hmm. alarm. Yep. So it's oh, a motion yeah. sensor and yep. an alarm separately. Yep. You yeah. could put a motion sensor, and it's like nine ninety nine. Oh, yeah. So you could put a motion sensor out in your garage, and then up on your yep. nightstand, you can have the alarm. Yep. Oh, if man. there's any motion in your in your garage, garage at all, beep, yeah. you beep, and what nice. I learned is you could either replace the nine volt battery every six months, or just, or just put a wall wart on it and put a nine volt transformer on it, yeah. mm. and then it works forever. We had one at the East Side Shop because I would want to go and work on bikes. But occasionally customers would walk in the door that was mm -hmm. 120 feet away. Right. 
So yeah. I put one of those there from Harbor Freight and literally plugged it into a nine volt wall wart and never had to put a battery in it. You can use it in your house if you don't yeah. have a pet that's walking around. Right. I can't use it because I got a cat. Yeah. But just have it on downstairs and at least, you know. Yep. I was thinking of putting one in my RV because it just recently got yep. stolen into. Yeah. Just so when the asshole goes in there, some alarm starts going off. Right. Beep, beep, and he thinks there's... Oh, oh, just have the alarm in there with it. Yeah. Right. He's like, what the fuck? Oh. He's not going to investigate. He's going right. to right. move you know, on If you break else. into a car or into, or into my RV and that, yeah. that thing starts going off, you're going to think, oh, gigs up. I'm, yeah, I don't you know. know if mine was from Harbor Freight or if it was somewhere of quality, um, but I've got one of those... LED lights mm -hmm. that has three solar panels on it and has mm -hmm. a fucking array of LED lights yeah. on it. Quite it's, fucking bright. And I impressive. keep it in the van, oh, in nice. Betty. Mm -hmm. So I've got an alarm system in Betty, but if you open the door and go into Betty, it's brighter than fucking God right in your face. <laughs> wow. I did it just so when we're camping, I can like reach in and have light so I can grab stuff. Yeah. But it's plenty light. I would like the same thing, but with like a record, like a button where you can hit the recording. Instead of it just having its own, yeah. you can record your own thing. And it could be like, dog barking, rump, 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 rump. Well, Liza's or, got that at the Misfits the thing. <laughs> They've got a hilarious, you know, it's lowest bidder. Yeah. But if you go into their tent, like outside of the Misfits garage, it's literally a tent. Mm -hmm. It's it's a tent because it's Santa Cruz, so a tent can survive more than six weeks there. Yeah. And when you go into the tent where they have all these bikes stored, it's like, go away, motherfucker. You know, like, yeah. it plays an audio tune. It's like, the police have already been called. Go away, motherfucker. Shh, shh. It doesn't do it very loudly, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, but it does, it, it, it plays a it plays a threatening <laughs> message. Yeah, exactly, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's, yeah, that's a thing. So, yeah, there's that. Um, kind of an interesting thing. Did anybody see the new, do, I'm sorry, the new BMW R18? I did. <gasps> Oh my! It's got like a motor and a half on it. God, you talk about boner fuel. Uh, that's a gorgeous a, motorcycle. Well, the thing is, BMW's Ooh. been building oh, K bikes, K bikes up to sixteen hundred. This mm -hmm. is an R bike, which means it's a traditional. This is nine hundred cc's on each side, horizontal, so the, yeah. horizontally opposed. The R nine T is twelve hundred cc's, right? Mm -hmm. So. This is 1,800 cc's, for fuck's sake. The Germans were like, Harley-Davidson, you have made designs for years, but now we beat you. It is the time. Wir machen unsere I don't... Wir sind unsere. The only thing I can say is, how are you going to put forward controls on that? Well, what I like about it is, I mean, everybody right now should be Google image searching, BMW R18. I saw this before. Right. I read the article. It has the reverse bar end levers. Oh, yeah. I love reverse bar end levers. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. K75 levers. Oh, oh I love those. That's is that good. Oh, my God. And it's got the big push rod tubes on the cylinders. Ah, And I don't care for choppers, but I like this. This is a bobber. bobber. Yeah, a bobber. What I'm yeah. saying is this has got giant double disc brakes. I like the way it's made. The upside-down forks look like 1930s forks. Mm -hmm. uh, the headlight with the rings on it, like the old headlights had. Spoked wheels. They could have gone wheels. with the... Oh, yeah. This thing is fucking So this gorgeous. is made by BMW. Yes. Because I've seen pictures of it, but I was I was under the impression that somebody built this. No, they tried it out with BMW representation and everything. Like, mm -hmm. they had a BMW spokesperson there talking about how they were having problems with oil cavitation and 1800cc motor. So this isn't just vaporware. This isn't just Photoshop. Like, they've got one of these running mm -hmm. because they're talking about the problems they were having with oil cavitation due to the extremely large sump required 
on a Boxer 1800cc motor, mm -hmm. which is fanatically huge. I mean, it's ridiculous. You could do everything like this with a 1200 that you already build yeah. and just tart it up. They did it with a 1200C. You know, they made the 1200C look like an American motorcycle thing. I would have been pleasantly surprised had they just taken the 1200C and dropped it into this chassis yeah. and never would have said boo about it, but would have thought, mission accomplished, well done. They're talking about twenty grand, $22,000 for this. Oh, it'll be every bit of that. I think you're right. But it's fucking beautiful, yeah. and mm -hmm. they painted it the right color, and they just they just did every part of it right. Yeah, and I'd be fucking totally happy to ride that thing. I wonder how comfortable it is. It's though. not. Uh, It'd be interesting to see that same bike in a Californiaized version, mm -hmm. like you know, and that'll probably follow on. Yeah, like something maybe, a little you know, more. Add some bags to it and stuff like yeah. that. It, yeah, more than just you've got eighteen hundred cc's there pushing a solo seat. I, mean, right, I was about to say, like you might want to take the R nine T. Only stayed the R nineteen for about nine months, right? And then it started changing. Yeah, because this is like a very expensive large displacement bar hopper. Because you're not you, going more than right. fifty. You have miles to at least be able to tell your wife, well, you could ride on the back. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, they can have like the old choppers. They have the suction there. cup. You ever see like the yeah. Yeah, yeah. big dog choppers that came with the suction cup seat? Like yeah. I'm yeah. trusting my wife. Or whoever partner, whatever, yeah. to sit on a suction cup seat. You might as well a... just stick a dildo. I on sold that. a few. Of them. Yeah. <laughs> I sold a bunch of those suction cup seats. Uh, interesting thing. What I really like. I mean, what I love about that is it, one. It's it's a totally different take on the idea of a bobber. Yeah. And and the bone structure looks great. I love being able to see the transmission. I love being able to see the exposed shaft drive and stuff. I, I think they're giving a, a good nod to their tradition. Bobber. It is. And what's funny is, you know, if anybody who's ridden... Wait, wait, what was the... Uh, I'm sorry. Go what ahead. was the term that Johnny Chrome was using for... Uh, that's a pro street... Pro bar. street. That's a yeah, pro street Pro bobber. street. <laughs> a pro street bobber. The, uh, it's, you know, Triumph has done some work on their bobber, on their 1200 bobber. And uh, they're... Apparently, they're doing a performance version of it with some like Olean's upside down suspension on it and stuff like that. And there, there are spy spy futus out there of that bike, and I'll show them to you now. But my problem is, I rode the Triumph Bobber. Um, it also has that solo saddle thing, you know, the cantilevered style solo saddle. But the difference between how the Triumph Bobber looks and that BMW we just looked at, the difference in style is like night and fucking day. Um, this is the Triumph Bobber. Spy photos. Um, yeah. Ignore the top case. Well, even but, before you showed us the photo, I was going to say, the, I mean, the, the BMW yeah. looks like it's a mile long. It it's, does. It's right, stretched. Right. It's long. And the, mm. So when I was riding the, you know, you think a 1,200cc motorcycle is a big motorcycle. And I rode the Triumph Bobber, and I was shocked at how crowded I was. Yeah. I did not have any extra room on the bike. And when I looked at my reflection in like big full panes of glass and like windows you go past, I looked like I'd stolen somebody's much smaller motorcycle. That's what this guy looks like in the picture. Right. He looks like looks me really riding my monkey, you know? Right. Like that looks like the, uh, what was it, the, the new uh, Honda 450. That's what I was about to say. It looks like the genuine. Like it looks like he's riding a no. bobbed out version of the well, genuine. Well, what I'm saying is, yeah. so. I don't know if we mentioned it, but you know, last week we had all these these hot days, and I had some time off. My wife's out of town. In one day, I rode a lot of miles on the Triumph Bonneville, mm -hmm. uh, which is eight eight hundred sixty five cc's. Fuzzy wuzzy. Yep, I rode that. I rode 
a lot of miles on the Ducati Multistrada, uh, 1200. So I rode a lot of that. And then I rode a lot of miles on your old bike. Mm, that's so the, that's a 610, right? Yep. So the Husqvarna 610. So I rode three different bikes, and I rode them for around 200 miles for each bike. Going around, riding them, getting an opinion of them, I basically burned an entire day just hauling ass, having a good time. Uh, what I can tell you is, of those three bikes, the bike that I rode to work the following day was more enjoyable. Would anyone like to guess what the bike I rode to work the following day was? A Vespa GTS 300. No, a Buddy 170. Okay. <laughs> the Buddy 150 we had at Mid-Ohio because I had to get it into the shop. And so after riding those three motorcycles, so the, the loud exhaust or the modified exhaust on the Ducati had me on edge. Yeah. Okay. Um, there's a modified exhaust on the Triumph. It's got the British Classics or British Customs house brand Triumph exhaust on it. Not bad. Not terrible. But the seat, they ruined that Triumph trying to make it fit everybody. That bike has 17-inch wheels. It has an impossibly thin seat. This, this thing's had the whole Harley treatment. Like, they took a Triumph and they went, now make it low. No, no, lower. No, lower. I want to have no suspension travel. Keep going, you know. <laughs> and the bike is really fucking low, which means if you're my size person, six foot tall, which isn't freakishly tall, but my feet, knees, and ass are in a very bad orientation. Mm. My, I was catching cramps in my hips constantly. So the Triumph didn't make me happy. The Husqvarna was fun, and it was upright, and it was very relaxing to ride, and it certainly not, was the lightest. If you're not going on trails and things. And I wasn't. I was doing a lot of stuff in the mm -hmm. flats, and I was going a lot of places you're not supposed to go in the flats. Mm -hmm. And I was using it in an urban exploration. Oh, it'll go over curbs. Like it was great. Take yeah. your bike. I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Got the title. Uh, well, it's, it says MV Augusta. Yeah, right? right. Right. They can impound my. They can impound the Husqvarna, but I'll be there to claim an MV Augusta. Uh, right. So if they have any MV Augustas there, I'm getting an upgrade. Mm -hmm. But I rode it around for hours. Pretty much just going places you're not supposed to be, but a water wastewater treatment plant and stuff, and the bridge, you know, the area that goes between Whiskey Island, Wendy Park, mm -hmm. and the flats, mm -hmm. where there's the train tracks there. Um, rode down there until I found that somebody knocked the fence down mm -hmm. in like a human shaped hole in the fence. <laughs> so I was able to sneak through there. Um, did, did a you lot see of. That they redid the Coast Guard station. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's oh, yeah. awesome. It's beautiful. Yeah. Rode out to the point. Yeah. It's really something. And that bike didn't have any problem until I wanted to go 75 miles an hour. Yeah, right. And then, and then at 75 miles, 70 miles an hour, 70, you know, you've got every data acquisition system on that bike. Mm -hmm. And you've got two different devices telling you you're going 70 miles an hour. Right. Empirically, GPS is being backed up by yeah, a programmable right. speedo. And at 70 miles an hour, I was like, that's as fast as this bike really wants to go. Oh, yeah. Cinch definitely likes to pimp his bikes out. I mean, they're going to get pimp, man. They're, 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 it, was, it, was, it was definitely nice. But, like, yeah. but if you wanted to take that and go on the tat and go right. off-road and on, it's great. It's great for that. And, and to get right. you know from point A to point B to the next trail and you yeah. want to slab it for 50 or 100 miles, yeah. it'll do 75 miles an hour. But you're right. Like, anything over that, and you're like, okay, the wind's hitting me in places I don't like it, and mm -hmm. it's, the front end's getting light, and it's got a 21-inch front wheel, yeah. and it's just, you know... It, uh, 
It has that little bit of a windscreen. I mean, you know what? Yeah. But I mean, obviously, gonna... a six-inch windscreen is going to be enough to block the wind. Well, for that you actually, <laughs> that the one that's on there does a pretty damn. It does a really job. good job. Yeah. It's tall. Yeah. It does something yeah. for you. Yeah. yeah, it's a bunch of. It's like stacks and stacks of phone books. Like it's just more and more devices piled up in front of you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You should do the, like the the Perry Dakar one where it's not even clear. It's no, that's a, what his is. It's yeah, not clear. Black, yeah. No, it's a big black piece of plastic where a windshield should be. Yeah. So if you're not looking over it, forget about it. But that yeah. that adds darkness so you can see your GPS. It adds yeah. darkness. Yeah. I like that. It yeah, adds darkness. That is a techie friend. thing to say. The, the reason darkness. the next day that you enjoyed it more is because you rode a scooter, which I am now rediscovering is the greatest thing ever, even though I've owned four or three of them currently. But yeah, you become a scooter farmer. I am I am I'm giving up on motorcycles. <laughs> <laughs> So how many miles have you put on the, the, the other side of the trade? A thousand. A thousand miles? Yeah. Holy shit. I have been having hard because like I couldn't ride my bikes. Like, yeah. I, like my Super T, I'm, I'm not getting rid of it. It's sitting there, but I can't ride it for more than 30 minutes because right. my hip. So did not have hip pain? Yeah. It was fucking great, dude. I it's took off. Man. And then, so here's the thing. So I've owned one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Like nine, nine, nine pass scooters, mm-hmm. and I had the Buddy 125, the 50cc for my wife, and other things like that. Now, and I loved them. I mean, like there, I always have to have at least a scooter, mm-hmm. you know, for beer runs, whatever. But one thing I have never had in the past was a maxi scooter or something yeah. with balls, and I had no idea what I was getting into. I just wanted to ride, and I figured, okay, the scooter position lets me ride. So we did the deal, whatever, and I took off on that thing. And I was squealing like a schoolgirl, and <laughs> fu- like the, fr- I was laughing so hard when I got on the highway and I hit the gas. And it was like an electric surge of power that kicked in, and I'm doing 90 miles an yeah. hour on a scooter on the highway, and it's smooth as butter. Yeah, I'm like freaked out. So now I'm nervous because I'm looking around <laughs> and I'm like, okay, they don't make the 500 anymore. They only have no. the 350, right. and all these other things are making smaller ones. So now I'm already scouting out your other BV 500, going, okay, what do I need to sell to get this and just put it on just ice? In case, just in case. One, yeah, right. yeah. No, I think you're. I think you're safe. But when, man. when he first got it, he I was riding next to him on the highway, and I was on the Superhawk, just going at constant speed, yeah. and he was like speeding way up and slowing way down, <laughs> speeding way up. And <laughs> Surge of power. Yep. Relax. But I have to say, Surge of power. Which you told me that the front tire was beat, right? Yeah. So I enjoyed it that first day. Yeah. But turning left was not fun. Really? And then so I got home and I looked, and there was lit- it looked like somebody so took an fish? ice cream scoop and just scooped all these things out of it. <laughs> so that night I ordered a tire. It came right. in on Monday. Yeah. And, you know, it's it, it's a tire. So I stuffed yeah. it on there. Oh, it's so easy. Mike yeah. helped me. He pushed yeah. the thing, and we popped it on. I put it on. And then it was like a brand new, like oh, the yeah. new front tire was f- oh. amazing. I did the air cleaner, the spark plug. And then the big thing, I don't know how. So you, you told me about the guy who owned it before me, right? Yeah. He put 8,000 miles on, or 7,800 miles on this thing. And he never did the canisterectomy. Canisterectomy. Yes. So (laughs) Easy for you to say. This thing, (laughs) on hot weather, so I got off the freeway and I got nervous because I was riding smooth as butter. I get off the freeway and I go to a stoplight and it goes, installs. And I'm like, oh, shit. But it started right back up, you know, kind of sputtered from in there. It was fine. But any time I'd heat it up a lot, it would Mm -hmm. stall. And so I looked on the thing, you know, whatever, and it was like, this is a direct result of this canister thing. Mm-hmm. So you were like, when you when you said, you said, get rid of the canister, whatever. You'll be, so, it's the best thing anybody right. can do. So I watched like nine videos and all this stuff and figured it out, pull all the shit mm-hmm. out, did, and it's run flawlessly yeah. the whole time. But I'm like, how did this dude make it 7,800 miles without ever doing this? Like, I guess he just thought, well, it stalls after I get off yeah. a, a highway or something like that. Like, so what we're talking about, and this is a, this is a top tech tip yeah, for yeah. any of our listeners, 
if you own a motorcycle that's built in the past 25 or more goddamn years, I mean, my 1989 GB500 in the front window came with a catch can on it. Yeah. Okay? A canisterectomy is the removal of the charcoal canister from your EPA-approved motorcycle. And the whole idea was that one of the ways to make things environmentally friendlier would be to vent the gases from your crankcase, which historically have had just literally a little breather that kept the rain from going in the hole. Right. Okay? Not a one-way valve, nothing fancy, but back in the day of motorcycles, it would literally just be a little rain cap mm-hmm. that let air come out of the top of it. And that's what happened. And at very, very high speeds, air would come out, and a little bit of oil vapor would come out too because shit was happening inside your crankcase. Like a queef. A queef of, mm-hmm. of, of an oily queef, right? <laughs> and that's all it is. And nobody felt the need to do anything about it. Life was good. However, somebody somewhere said, you know, that little queef of oil vapor could harm the environment. The hell with what's going out the tailpipe. We'll work on that later. But in the meanwhile, let's put a tube on that, run the tube through into our air filter so that we can take that queef of oily air and then burn it again out of our air box through our carburetor, thereby giving our carburetor something other than air to breathe. Right. Well, fuck you. That's a dick move. Well, this one's even worse than Well, that. hold on. Okay. It gets worse. Yeah, I was going to say, this is completely... So somebody went, well, well, we probably shouldn't just be putting straight, raw oil vapor mm-hmm. into the intake of our bikes because that will cause them to run poorly because they're not getting an air-fuel mix anymore. Mm-hmm. So let's put a clearing or a cleaning device in the way. Well, let's put a canister well, we got to put something in that canister. Charcoal. Mm. So they put a charcoal filter foam element in this canister. And the idea is that the air vapor that's laden with either oil or gasoline vapor will go into the charcoal canister and will thereby be scrubbed through no mechanical action, just by being there. We'll have the bad toxic... Uh, petroleum products scrubbed out of it and then the good air will go back into the air box creating a vacuum in the system go ahead and also since we're cleaning all the air Mm -hmm. we're also going to run our gas tank and carburetor well if it has all of our breathers all of our breathers are going to all go through there all of our breathers and perhaps even install a vacuum Uh breather shut off exactly so whenever we have no vacuum A little diaphragm closes that's, so our air, do, so our, our our fuel doesn't evaporate into the air. Well, that's, yeah. So this thing has. Is that so all of them? This this came out of the it, so the basically the gas tank became pressurized and this vent went out of the gas tank and up into a one way valve, which is the check valve which you're right. talking about. Then from there it went into the canister, mm-hmm. and then from there it went back into the injector, right? Right. But here's the thing: so when you're on the highway and you're cruising along, it, it pressurizes the shit out of the gas tank. Yeah. Everything's there. But because you have so much pressure going, it really doesn't blow it in yet. Right. So when you get off the highway and you yep. come to your first stop, you got it. the pressure goes, yep. and it blows all the extra gas and into your, your injector, and the bike goes, what the fuck? And it goes, exactly. And it stalls. Exactly. Yep. And here's the problem on the scooter. 
It's like I'm doing 20 miles an hour and it stalls as I'm rolling to the stoplight, right. but you can't restart it without pulling the brake in. You just breathe on the brake. Well, I tried. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it, it was a pass. And like, your power brakes go away. Yeah. <laughs> your power no, that's brilliant. Really, oh, yeah. Anyway. yeah. That's an appropriate. But anyway, so <laughs> after ripping all that shit out, yeah. putting a bolt in the thing and putting a clamp around it that goes into the injector, right. the thing was like... Right. When you remove the canister system, and I'm not telling anyone they need to do it because that would be a violation of the EPA. Yeah, right. That's no longer street legal. Right. But if you want your bike to actually run... Exactly. Right. And I can... I've owned a great many motorcycles, and every time I remove... A carbon ca a catch can. An every EVAP time I system. remove an evap canister, every time I perform a canisterectomy, and disconnect the battery, and reconnect the battery, so the bike can do another TPS reset, and basically learn what it is again on fuel injected motorcycles. Mm -hmm. That TPS reset, you don't need to necessarily have the computer, the diagnostic computer, to do a TPS. You just need to take the power away for a while. And when you put the power back, and another good way to do it would be to disconnect the, the red terminal from the battery, disconnect the positive uh, cable, and touch it to the frame or touch it to the, the black terminal, the negative terminal, because then you will pull electricity out of the system, and it will essentially hit bottom, and it won't have any data that it's remembered it's ready for new data. Then you start the bike. Do not touch the throttle. Make sure the throttle position, nice. Make sure the throttle position is neutral on a fuel-injected bike because we don't want to have throttle position sensor data when that motorcycle starts. So, ready? There you go. It helps the bikes amazingly. It's ridiculous. It's so much better. They run so much better after the canisterectomy and then... Starting the bike with no help whatsoever, just letting the bike find its own idle. Mm -hmm. It may take a couple of minutes, but it's going to learn. Like all the Piaggios, they have adaptive parameters computers. Mm -hmm. It's all closed uh, loop. So it's all closed yeah. loop. They're oh, looking for data. Relearn. It's yep. gotten so much smoother the more I've ridden it. Yeah. A new plug, new air filter. Yeah. Everything, it's, it's, it's running smooth. Yeah. I think at some point I'll have to do the rollers and the belt, but I'll do that maybe this Sorry. winter or something like that. Yeah. But man. That's a ten to that's like ten to fifteen thousand miles. Yeah, yeah. Ten, between ten and fifteen thousand miles is belt and rollers on those, and those five hundreds they can go a little longer. My little tip on that is when you do the belts and ro rollers, yeah. check the outboard bearing. Yeah. So when you take the cover off, mm -hmm. there's a bearing. There's a bearing in that cover. Oh. It's just a plain sealed bearing. Okay. You might want to consider changing that also, yeah, right. or, or doing because it's actually carrying the weight of, of the end of the shaft. Sure. Like, a lot of scooters don't even have that. Nope. Hmm. But, but that, that one does, does and it but can But Piaggio's do. They care. Yeah. They, put an outboard, they put an outboard shaft bearing on the end of the variator shaft, because mm. that is your crankshaft. You'd be amazed at how many scooter companies don't put an outside bearing mm. on that shaft. So it's the crank is just kind of hanging out there. You know, the, the variator's just hanging on that crank. Yeah, on the back, where mm -hmm. the, you know, the, right. you know, the clutch side. So I, I told Pete and Renee this before, but so the best thing of the scooter so far, which I said, I've had scooters, I've had people make fun of me yeah. for years for scooters, but this was, now I have a scooter that's fast enough that I can embarrass people on motorcycles. Yes, right? yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it was fun. Yeah. So I was way out, I was, I passed Ponderson way out some fucking road in the middle of nowhere, and I hang a right. And I'm going down this road, and as I hang a right, I look at my, my peripheral, and there's a dude on a Harley. Mm -hmm. And so I can see that he's like, oh, I'm going to pass this guy. Okay, yeah. So I just nail it, and I'm at like 75 on this like 45-mile-an-hour road. He never passes me. He stays behind me. So we come up to the light, 
and he's like kind of weird because he did the the like I'm stopped and he pulls up next to me, yeah. which you don't usually pull up next to somebody, you know what I'm saying? So he kind of looks over and he's doing the head nod yeah. thing. So, so I flip up my helmet. And I'm like, what's up? He goes, if it goes that fast, why didn't you just buy a fucking motorcycle? And so <laughs> I, I just looked at him and I'm like, because I'm gay. <laughs> and he didn't know. He didn't think, if it goes that fast, why didn't you just buy a fucking motorcycle? That's the right answer, by the way. Because I'm gay. Right. That's brilliant, yeah. man. So that made it worthwhile, right? Oh my there. god, yeah. Should have just been like, shit. I didn't even think of that. <laughs> that was an option. No, because I didn't want to look like you. Right, right. Bag. I don't yeah. look good in the costume, but right. you know, sorry, like, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I've never really had a problem of uh, people making fun of me, and I don't have a very manly-looking vest. It's, <laughs> it's light green and it has white wall tires. Right. And I, you know, people on Harley's are typically like, "Oh, that's pretty cool." Well, um, you're still a young kid. I well, look like I should ride. But a his Harley. bike is a classic. Vest yeah, yeah, it is a classic vest too. But one, like the one thing I can think of that just made my blood boil was like right off of the University of Akron, a group of kids were, were like. Hey, nice moped, and it's like, yeah, uh, and yeah. just as I was pulling away, yeah. and, and for the rest of the day, I was like, what should I have done? What should I have done? <laughs> like, you like, thought, it, you thought like ten snappy comebacks right. like, yeah, right. for the next. Do 20 you minutes. see yeah. fucking pedals? No. <laughs> nice moped. There's a t-shirt. It's, it's yeah, not I, a, we yeah. sell t-shirts. It's not a damn, damn moped. moped. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I had the same thing. Like, I pulled into what was it, Barrio, whenever they first yeah. opened on my Superhawk. Yeah. And some guy tried to punk on it, and I started getting heated up, and I'm like, wait a second. If this douche nozzle mm-hmm. is going to look at a 1976 right. or 67 Super Hog yeah. and try to punk on it, yeah. he is just fucking not even a my problem. Right. Yeah. Not my problem. Right. Fuck off. Was he riding I something? Didn't say a word to him. He was like, oh, is that the biggest bike you could get or so made some fucking right. punk shit on my right. bike thing, you know, uh, you know, five foot seven and right. he was a little built guy but I'm like Doesn't matter. I'm pretty sure I can stick your head in the fucking garbage can over there but yeah. I'm just like you know what I'm not even talking to you I'm gonna go eat a fucking taco right. yeah. whatever <laughs> and that's usually the thing is people are like nice moped fag or whatever I'm like well one you don't know the difference so what does that say about you? You're about to learn. <laughs> <laughs> also, if they're making fun of a scooter, especially a, a 500cc scooter, they just obviously never ridden one. Uh, That's all there yeah. is to it. Right. You know? And there's no chance they're going to steal it. No. Because no, they don't right. even know That's what true. it is. No, That's no. That's what we used to do. Oh, well, you know, I have a super tenery, and I have this. Yeah, and right. I, I've, I've ridden over Am I going to have to read you my fucking resume because yeah. you didn't wave at me? Yeah. Fuck yeah. you. <laughs> You've probably owned one bike in your life, and you're sitting on it. Uh, well, we were famous for when we would go on rides, and I'm riding, like, a spectacular restored Vespa or something cool, and somebody come up in that neighborhood and be like, yo, man, what's that thing worth? Like, 300 bucks, man. Yeah, I just got it last week. Yeah. Yeah. Just leave it at that. You know what? Devalue it. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. yeah. But I'll tell you. Not only is it gay, but you don't want it. Right. I, I But now I have a respect. So now when I see some other, like, 40 or 50-year-old dude on a, like, kind of big scooter, I'm like, he knows. <laughs> he knows. <laughs> he knows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That guy's faster than me. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? You either, that thing really flies. you either care or you don't care. You don't care. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure most of us don't care. No, no. I don't. Yeah. I really don't care. And today I got punked out by a, a former, almost a customer. You know, the guy comes into the shop, he's scrambled up like a fucking, he's a mess, man. He's a frittata. He's just everywhere. And he's just, he can't, he can't function. 
And but he comes in and he was in my shop about a month ago, maybe two months ago, and he was talking about he had an 08 Goldwing that he hasn't run in at least three years. But he wanted to trade it in towards a BV350. I thought you were going to say KZ. Oh, <laughs> we have special help for those people. They're all gone. But yeah, so he wanted to trade it in towards a BV350. Now, I want herpetitis one shade more than I want a 2008 Goldwing, right? There's, there's very few things I want to be worse than. I don't want to be the caretaker, the guy who's in charge of selling an 08 Goldwing. But that's a pretty decent gold. I mean, an 08 gold? I'm sorry, 06. Yeah. Doesn't matter, though. Would that be fuel injected? Of course it would. It still doesn't matter because... Okay, mm, okay, all right. okay, okay, okay. Right. Okay, I back up. His target audience isn't here tonight, which would be Chris right. and yeah. Uh, yeah. Steve. We'll save this for Chris and Steve, who they can tell me what a fool I am for not giving the guy $6,000 for his gold wing. You right? Know, I'd never accuse you. For I, his gilded wing. I would accuse you of a lot of things for not being a fool. Well, I didn't want his gilded wing. I didn't want the three years of non-running problems that go with it. I don't want to hear about his $1,000 Russell Daylong saddle. That's a good way to at least go into it. It's going to be a great bargaining strategy if he still ends up making a deal. It's... So I just wasn't interested. Plus, I also didn't really think this guy had the physical well-being to pilot a vehicle in his extremely advanced years mm -hmm. and clear lack of mental competence. Oh. He'd been kicked by a mule or something. Something had happened to this guy where he had lost some faculty. Right. And I just didn't choose to get involved. Well, apparently I'm the asshole. Because the Triumph dealer down the street saw gold in them their hills. Oh, wow. And he went across the street hey, and a, looked at the gold wing. There's an ask for a receipt, right? That's exactly right. And he said, you know, you don't need a BV350. You need a Bergman 400. And I just happened to have a stale one at my shop down in mm. Cuyahoga Falls. And he found the ask for every seat. And he got the man... To give up the gold wing for 3,500 American doll hairs, which is way, way, way less than half of what he wanted for it. Because when he was here, he wanted $8,000 for that gold wing. Now, this guy who's a real salesman got him to take $3,500 and sold him last year's bike. So he gave him $3,500 trade in value and sold him an almost two year old Birdman for. Well over retail. So apparently I'm the asshole. So he, the guy came into the shop today essentially so to brag about it. Yeah, to rub your nose and shit. He had shit. to come back and report to you. Huh? Yeah, he came back and reported to me and then made sure to tell me that the other dealer threw me under the bus. Yeah. That didn't happen. It did happen. He didn't throw you under the bus. Well, what he said was, you don't want that BB350, you need a Bergman 400. So yes, he fucking threw me under the bus. Yeah. So anyway, I didn't want the Goldwing in trade because I didn't see there being. I didn't think I could steal that Goldwing from that man for under five thousand dollars when he started at eight. My balls weren't big enough to offer him thirty five hundred, but apparently I know whose balls are. Right, so there you have it. I negotiated with a Romanian Romanian today and came up on top. I feel pretty good about myself. <laughs> wow. Yeah, Renee said it was very awkward in here. Slobs are tough. Yeah, they are tough. Yeah. She, she said it was awkward. He's nice. He was very sweet, sweet, but the negotiations had to happen. And negotiations don't always look pretty. Mm -hmm. We were friends. I mean, we were chatting, having a great time once the negotiations were over. Right. But during the negotiations, it was, you know, 
he set the tone for where he wanted to play. Right. So my wife couldn't be around when we were buying her car or buying a car. She's oh. like, I can't believe that what you, the way you're talking to them. I'm like, what? I'm negotiating. This with is them. this is how negotiating. I'm calling them out. I'm I dragging them on a, the mat. I'm right. doing everything yeah. I can right. to get this thing for cheap. Yeah. I'm I'm calling bullshit on everything they say, I'm, whether it's bullshit or not. I'm I trying don't to care. keep my money in my wallet. Right. Or you say there's a pile of money in the middle of the table. Do you want to push it over to his side of the table, or do you want to pull? Well, it back this guy did bring table? a pile of money. He actually he had a did bring. Backpack full of cash. Yeah. He brought seven thousand dollars in cash. Good for him. In, in, in did various he have small like a, bra- a bracelet on, like a red one? Because that means that you have you know Alzheimer's and stuff. Oh no no no! Different guy. Oh, this was the Romanian. Oh back. Yeah, okay. this was the Romanian. <laughs> we're we're on the Romanian. Did you check those dollars with your money pen? No, I felt pretty safe <laughs> okay. on that. I felt pretty safe. He brought me a big a, a check and cash and laid it there, and it was clearly not the agreed upon amount of the purchase. But it was that move. Mm-hmm. It was that this is what I'm. This is how much is there. Say say the no the to that. All the cards on the table. Right. And that was that. Offer. What's that? He said, "Here's my offer." This is my offer. He put all the money down in the middle of the table and <laughs> said, "That's my offer." Did he take his gold chain off? No, he didn't. But I did. <laughs> I did. We came to a compromise that involved him buying more things. All right. That's so. We built the deal up to where I was satisfied with it. So you don't don't build the deal down. Don't come down to his level. Bring him up to yours. You're building him up. That's what I said. You deserve more motorcycle than this, sir. I can tell by the fiber of your fabric that you deserve better than what I'm selling you. By the right cut now. of your jib. I can. Let's get this up to where you'd like it. So I think you need a custom seat. <laughs> so yeah, and he got a custom seat. So we ordered a custom seat in for him. Yeah. And it was cool. It all worked out great. We're good buddies, and that's cool. But that was just, he was one of those guys. Do you he, think you'll be going riding together soon? No, but he <laughs> needed to have a negotiation. Are you going to go to the Armenian club? I don't know. That I don't would, know where he went. That would be a fun time. I don't know where he went. I've been to the Schwitz, and if it can top the Schwitz, I'll be impressed. But. I've not bought things because people didn't try to sell them to me. That's fair, too. You know, go to Best Buy, and yeah. I'm kind of interested in this laptop. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's our Dell. Yep. Okay. So I see this is a self-serve Best Buy. I won't be buying this. I'll just go buy it online. And you know what sucks, and this happens in a lot of stores now, you walk in and you get bombarded by a bunch of people that are just like, what can I do for you? Whatever. But they don't tell you anything. They just want to put their fucking sticker on your thing that you're buying. But then when you actually need help, it's fucking crickets. Nobody will tell you anything. Of course. I need actual technical data sometimes. Right. Sometimes I need to know this versus this. And here's the thing. with, With the interwebs... And right. online stores and online shopping, mm-hmm. and you sell something that can be shipped. Right. You, all you have as your selling feature is your salesman. That's right. There's no other reason that somebody would come to a store at this point. Yes. That's so if you're I letting heard. your salesman suck, you're just asking them to want it right now. Right. Well, yeah, but I'm just. I've, been, I've literally had them, you know, like, well, tell me about this. Yeah. Oh, it's all right here. Yeah. Here's yes. the sheet. Dude. I, can, yeah. I can read. Right. Yeah. Here, let me pull it up on my phone for you. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. What would I'm you like me to Google for, that for you? What I'm looking for is more than what's right. And that's exactly it. And that's that part of glad it. And there's I need no, to feel good about this person. There's nothing that'll piss you off more than you ask a guy about something. He pulls up the website on his phone. It's the same <laughs> yes. fucking thing that you can read, and you're well, like, of course. dude, no. That's why you don't ever ask where oh. something is at Home Depot. You can look that shit right, up in your right, phone right. just as easily as they can. In fact, probably faster. Auto parts store, yeah. same thing. Yeah. I'm like, I've already, 
I looked this up today at work. Right. I know you have it. Right. Fucking get it for me. There's the part number. Get it. Yeah. If you'd like to, I will give you the SKU. Says, we can do that. It says you have three in this story. Yeah, that's what I was getting. I was biting it's my like, tongue over here. I'm looking for, like, a radiator hose piece that looks sort of like this. And, <laughs> and so I, I walk into an auto parts store. Like, I just need to see all of your radiator right. hoses. And yeah. I will be able to see what I need, right. and I'll buy it. But they're like, no. You're making model. Yes, right. exactly. What are you working You're on? You're making model. Right. Yeah. yeah. Tell them you need to buy brake lines. Yeah. Brake lines are in the back. Yes. But You'll have to no, walk past all the other good shit to get to the brake lines. You have to go back there to put together a, a yeah, set of brake lines. Right. Yeah, it's true. Okay. So and then when you're checking out, they're like, we have a fuel injector cleaner two for five today. No thanks, I'm not thirsty. <laughs> I don't even say it. I just, I just stare at them. I'm like, okay. Would you like some? No. <laughs> yeah. And yet I bought 12 cans of brake parts cleaner the other day, two for one. Buy one, get one. Because you know what? That is cheaper than I can buy from any of our distributors. <laughs> and that's absolutely true. Sometimes advanced auto parts does win, you know? Sometimes you do need to get into the zone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just a bookmark on that is uh, AutoZone, their Brooklyn store, I found out, is their hub. I didn't know that, really. And oh, they're open 24-7. Really? What? So AutoZone over in Brooklyn or whatever is their biggest store. Uh, every, they have everything. The rarest really? of rare. I mean, anything they have is in that store. Get the. Fuck when they out. say like I can have it for you tomorrow, that's where it's coming from. They that's can where it's have coming it for from. you now. That, yes. No, I know, that, but like yeah, if you yeah. go to the one in Lakewood oh, or something. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's so that's what from. it's doing. It's originating from that warehouse yeah. and I going to that anyone because in the you know Eric's RV broke down. He needed oh. a Ford F fifty three brake lines, oh. which are you know okay. where the fuck are we gonna find these? Yeah, it turns out they're right there. They had them in stock. In stock. Holy shit. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There is nothing wrong with that. Uh, it's been, it's been funny. Kind of, you, we talked about the little heat wave we had here for a little short while, and going out and riding and putting on, you know, the third channel of motorcycle gear I have, which is the it's god fucking hot channel, and putting on perforated riding gear and going and riding around with that shit. Uh, yeah. It's it's weird. I mean. We joke all the time about people in Florida that don't ride for three months out of the year because it's just too fucking hot. Mm. Uh, we had a little taste of that. Yeah. And Cleveland is that place where if you don't like the heat, wait till you meet the humidity. Yep. Oh, yeah. Because if you think the heat is oppressive, add about 80 to 90% humidity to that. It gets really fucking irritating. Well, I was riding around after work, whatever, one of those days when it was like 100 degrees. Yeah. And as long as you're like out in the middle of nowhere, it's not bad. But as soon as you start hitting traffic and yeah. red lights, then you're like, yeah. "Holy shit!" Oh, the asphalt factor is insane. Yeah, oh, yeah. like it's you know, just the realization. You stop. Yeah. yeah, and then you got no wind moving across yeah. you. Right. Not yeah. only do you have the engine heat and all the heat around mm -hmm. you. Well, the other day I was noticing, well, I mean the same thing, but the op in the opposite way. It was chilly, and I was wearing uh, just a light riding yeah. jacket, so I, I was cold, and so riding it like just through farm fields and stuff, yeah. I was chilly. And then as soon as you would hit just, yeah. like, not even, like, a like a city, but, like, a small town center area, yeah. it just gets and much warmer. Yeah, you know what we forget about? It's been a while since it was that hot. When it gets to, like, that 96-degree yeah. thing, tar yeah. turns into, like, Oh, no, oh, it was positively deadly. Yeah, I, it I, was. I, yeah. I, I lost the back end on a couple yeah. of different bites yeah. because the tar snakes just get lively. And who... Yeah. In the city of Cleveland, and now it's on 271, it's on 90 and everything. They're putting all these new roads in, yeah. and they're fucking, they're making them textured. Yeah. They're making them with the lines. Yeah. Dude, on this thing. Corduroy style. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. It's like, 
you're just like you're floating. Yeah. It's like being on gravel. I'm like, don't who? fight it. Don't fight. Don't it. fight it. Yeah, lose no, I'm not fighting it, but at the same time, it's very uncomfortable. It's super. Like, yeah, it's super. Who weird. the hell decided that that was a good idea for places oh, yeah. that have motorcycles? And it's not a good deal. It's not a good idea. It's a pretty fucking bad idea. Like, what happens when water gets in it and it gets cold? Yeah. Does it yeah. freeze into like little snakes? Well, the idea it? is it's supposed to maintain traction. That's what the idea is. It's got that little that little corduroy Siping. shape to it. The siphing is supposed to move the water around, and you're not supposed to have so much hydroplaning or aquaplaning mm. because you're at the high part of the ridges. Look, I don't like it. I don't think it's a great idea. Mm. Uh, what I can assure you, though, is it's probably not what you want to go sliding across at 75 miles an hour. Yeah. Yeah. That's the other yeah. thing. Concrete grater. Yeah, it is. Concrete it's like literally grater. a fucking yeah. grater. Yeah, seems like a really bad fucking idea. It was so hot that one Saturday. We were swimming in the pool, and it was yeah. like, you go outside, and you're like, whoa, because our air conditioning's at 72. So when you walk outside, <laughs> it's like, fuck. All right, I got to get in the pool. And then you go get in the pool, and you're like, it's no different. <laughs> it's exactly the same. So as the, the pool's running at 88 You're at 100% degrees. humidity yeah, right. at the same degree. It was like... The water isn't. The water is not refreshing. <laughs> as as Murphy will do, the day that all this hot weather hit, my my AC stopped working. My central air. Uh, yeah, I saw that. I, yeah, I don't know what. Like, I'm still trying to figure out what the cause of it is. But I was like, whatever. I'm not dealing with this right now. Yeah. So I'm laying there in bed, and I had all the fans in the house because there's nobody else home for the week blowing on me. Yeah. And it was just blowing hot air on me. It just made it worse. I'm like, this is horrible, just man. Sleep in your car with it. Yeah. 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 I yeah. thought about yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, I have window units. I, t- I, you know, I know, but I, it was just for a day. We got a guy that does AC, you know. Yeah, I was gonna say we got a guy. My. His brother is a goddamn HVAC genius. Oh, really? That's what yeah. he does for a living. Yeah. Yeah. I will hire That's him. his whole job. Tell him. I've hired him many times. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I'm serious. Like, I need yeah. to figure it out, so. Yeah. I'll, I'll, get, over. His, I'll get his yeah. number after. We, have, we all have his number, I think. Okay. Yeah. Brother Tim can go over and sort things right out. Yeah. Happy to pay him. I just don't want to pay a big company a stupid amount of money. Oh, I'd rather give it to somebody. He knows there. everything. He did the system yeah. in my house in a, in a matter of hours. So. Solid. All right. Yeah. He's a fantastic asset. Perfect. The, uh, You're half right. Didn't want to say it. Didn't want to say it. Ooh, that's brutal. Thanks, my brother. He expects it. That's true. Truth hurts. Yeah, I I got really excited. I came into the shop the other day, and that we had this giant Kawasaki Vulcan Nomad fifteen hundred that we took in on trade. And uh, when I came back from San Diego, I noticed there was a big a big empty space full of happiness in the front of my showroom. Hmm. And I figured that a large pile of motorcycle had been replaced by a small pile of money. <laughs> and it turns out that Kevin, um, who usually does the podcast with us, decided he wanted to get, you know, he wanted to, he was bike-curious. I saw him post it. He wanted yeah. to take a ride on a, so, a V-Strom. Yeah, um, he has a number of bikes that he's checking off to see if they pass the I'm officially a married guy test mm, so mm. that he can cruise with jo- with his wife on yeah. the back. So... Uh, so I told him he can help himself to whatever's in my showroom. You know, he's part of the family. As you guys are all welcome to try anything that's in here. Uh, so he came in and borrowed the, the Kawasaki 1500 yeah. Vulcan Nomad um, in its resplendent Oldsmobile Burgundy <laughs> livery. And uh, unfortunately, the son of a bitch brought it back. Uh, uh, was that the one that was sitting right over yeah, here? Yeah, it was there for a minute. Okay, okay. Yeah, it's over there now. Okay. Um, I did buy a dent puller kit off of the Amazons mm, so we could try right. to take I the deer shaped dent out of the gas tank. Mm-hmm. So we have a kit now for that. So we also bought a Slim Jim set so we can open up a lot of car doors. The Straddle Liner went away, didn't it? The Straddle Liner did get sold. 
and I did all right with that. Yeah. I'll talk to you after. Yeah. So. Uh, Stranger Things. Yeah. Third season. Yeah. You're going to get lots of business about your car, your car, Japanese car selling. Really? Because the dude, the crazy Russian dude, that, I, or the, whatever, yeah. this guy that's like, he's yeah. like a character, reoccurring character. Yeah. He's nuts. Yeah. He's like crazy hair. He's conspiracy theory guy, okay. whatever. He has, and you guys told me the name, it's the Mitsubishi version of the high ace. Delica. Oh, the Delica. Delica. Yeah. He's driving a Delica. A four, so it must four take place wheel in the drive. Northwest. Yeah, four yeah. wheel drive yeah. Delica with the the front little bumper yep. thing and all that, and it's dope as shit. And I saw yeah. it, and I'm like, oh, I want that. Oh yeah. And so everybody's seeing that, going, I want that. And I just got another Pajero. I was just gonna yeah. say. Speaking of JD, I got a Pajero. I picked up a Pajero last week. Um, it's fun because I've had a couple of these Pajeros, mm-hmm. and this one is the four by four, but it's the turbo diesel intercool. Huh? Now, that all sounds special. Mm-hmm. Except Uncle, for Uncle Phil's Pajero party. It is a Pajero party, <laughs> exactly. Um, so I've had a turbo diesel intercooled before, but it was an automatic. Mm-hmm. And it really didn't like being an automatic. It was no fun at all because it was an automatic. But it was white and it looked like t- the Tamiya model kit. Mm-hmm. Like it looked exactly like the Tamiya model kit, right down to the wheels. It had the right wheels on it oh, wow. for the model kit. I give them credit for authenticity. And I sold that, of course. And then uh, I had the black one which was like the full pimp daddy. Like it had proximity sensors, it had heat in the back seat, air conditioning in the back seat. For a vehicle that's literally a two-door patrol car, mm-hmm. why does it have an extra heater unit, an extra AC unit in the back? I don't know. You're going to stay warm. The people in the back, it, it had room in the back for two double amputees. Like that was it. It was not a big vehicle. But it was four by four. It was the... You know, the three-liter, six-cylinder mm-hmm. gas motor, which is in every Mitsubishi. Right. It'd go down the road pretty good. And I had bigger than it should have wheels and tires on it, and it looked pretty cool. But it had every option, like power power mirrors, even though you can reach over and adjust <laughs> the other mirror with your arm. But it had every feature. Right. This Pajero I got on this trip has no features. <laughs> None. It, like, the other one had power moonroof, sunroof, the whole thing. This has no roof. Like, it has a roof. There's the S model. This is like the E, maybe C. There's no. No, no there's no nomenclature. Yeah. It's what they call base. And this truly is how low can you go. Def row. This base is low. Work truck. I mean, it's basic. Radio? It does have an aftermarket radio. Okay. That's not great. Um, barely working. Air conditioning? It does have air conditioning and a button system so the other Pajero had like you dialed up the temperature you wanted like a Cadillac and let it figure things out climate control right this one just has an knob a three speed fan does not even have a button that says air conditioning on it it's if you turn the fan to the fourth position that's air conditioning then the air conditioning compressor kicks on I love it it's super manual like there's very little on this car that can break yeah I'm very impressed. It drives great, too. In five-speed, it's a lot of fun. That's all we care. I just ordered four new shock absorbers for it because it's squishy. What's the turbo act? Is it like, is it fun? No, it's a turbo diesel, so the turbo's kind of always going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It needs to have It needs to have the diesel, and it needs to have the intercooler, probably. There are a number of websites to teach you how to tune that using screws, like the way to get more boost out of it. Turned it up? Tuned it up. You could turn it up. Turned up. Yeah. You could have it turned up. I could Wait, turn it up check, with diesel. Like your wastegate. Like, uh, I, I'm saying, I, there's a, I found two or three websites just on how to turn up your Mitsubishi diesel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Will, will it pull an RV out? 
<laughs> I think it will. You know what? I think that the, I think the high ace was two hundred torques, okay. and I think this is two hundred torques. Okay. So I think it's RV rated. Very the tires good. on it are quite good too. It has very nice tires on it. Very nice wheels. So it has like very nice, you know, uh, Japanese, German Japanese versions of German alloys. Is this Merritt's vehicle? Didn't you say she about had it? been sad that I had sold the black. Pajero. Yeah. She later on told me that she'd really like driving it around yeah. uh, in the wintertime. So this one is mostly to for her to have a, a winter car. This might survive till spring. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I see this one as being sold in the spring or summer of 2020. It'll have one severe winter in the rust. Oh, it will be fluid filmed to within an inch of its life. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I already bought the class three uh, hitch converter for it. Because they've got that big working class bumper on the back with four holes in it uh, that are just begging you to bolt something fun there. Yeah. Currently, it has a tow pintle. Oh. Thumbs up for any four-wheel drive vehicle that has a fucking tow pintle. Because a tow pintle suggests... Because, you know, a tow pintle rotates 360 degrees. That implies a lot of flexing. That implies a lot of off-road shenanigans. But a tow pintle won't pull your trailer or whatever. I mean, a tow pintle's meant to carry agricultural industrial equipment with a big eye on the back of it. You know, I'm edge. always about the off-road. We should do some. There is a place out in Parkman or something that we have just been clued in by one of our friends about a place just shy of Canton, just south of Canton that is an off-road vehicle enthusiast park that you can't camp in but there's a KOA adjacent to it. Well, what about before. Wellsville? You've been to Wellsville, right? I've not. Oh, Wellsville. Is there a road to Wellsville? The Wellsville is right Can I get down down Frosted camp. Yeah, oh, yeah? yeah? Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, right on the river. Yeah. yeah. You'll Steve see. Noble keeps talking the Canton that. one is much closer. Is that Buzzard Roost or something? I don't know. I can figure but it out. Wellsville is like the kind of place where you can get some serious, like, you go there and it's, you're in hillbilly heaven. Like, mm -hmm. it's like, there's trucks that are $150,000 of just mudding. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's, it gets nuts. This it's, place is the Pebble Beach of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a yeah. of white trash. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. they have they have mud hot tubs in the weekends. Like it's just it gets interesting. It's where the worst of Pennsylvania meets the worst of Ohio. I was oh, gonna yeah. say. Yeah. yeah, it sounds it sounds wonderfully toothless. Yeah. The uh, yeah, I'm gonna go check out the place that John recommended. Uh, John Arthur recommended as a potential mods versus rockers uh, spot. So. It's got it's got the right moves by the look of it. So we're still trying to do mods that. versus rockers oh. versus KLA. Is that what you're saying? Right, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> the Overland edition. That can only um, go back. It's you know it's there are some weekends open, you know. I'm game yeah. to play. Yeah, that's fine. You'll see. It could be very low impact. It but could I, be like it won't be. I was gonna say <laughs> there's certain there's certain to be some impact. It'll be hard impact. It will probably <laughs> be hard things impact. shift though. This yeah. year at Mid Ohio, which unfortunately you did not join us. Yeah. There was a much different experience than it has been in the years past. Yes. We were, we were, you were only in the mud if you volunteered to be there. Yeah. Right. You weren't just surrounded by it. Right. We had this, we had the house up on the hill, if, as you would. Pure luxury. We did have pure fucking luxury. <laughs> Air conditioning. I think we surprised a lot of people for I, actually being adults. I'm sorry, Nick, would you like ice cream? <laughs> we had ice cream 24-7 yeah, We yeah. never didn't have ice cocktails. cream Cocktails <laughs> right. right. I'm sorry, we need to break up another giant block of ice for cocktails yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And let's make sure we're mixing our ice-cold cocktails in an ice-cold RV yes. So that we're not sweating while we're mixing our cocktails That's exactly right so, you know, yeah. At no point was the air conditioning you ever You boys get away from that bike now Now come on in and get cooled That's down what I, mean. I can't uh, believe they were working <laughs> They were working hard in the heat of the day yeah. on a on a bike on a bike, 
And I was like, you're sweating over there. And I've got 19 bottles of booze yeah. in here. And then touring through the swap meet in the, in the high ace. That was awesome. That was probably the best thing ever, man. You'd hear the drinks tinkling in the yeah. glass. You're, like, you're looking out at all these peons. You're like, <laughs> look at you walking. Year, I did that the one year when I was under the table. I'm yeah. like, oh, fuck this. Yeah. I jumped in my Jeep Grand Cherokee, grabbed my one buddy. We grabbed yeah. some beers. Yep. We just drove all, we spent two, three hours just yeah. driving all over Mid-Ohio. In air-conditioned comfort. In air-conditioned comfort. And it costs you three bucks worth of gas. Look at all these fools out here. <laughs> <laughs> all these vehicles have air conditioning in them. The damn fools aren't using them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's true. It, we did discover a whole and new way to do Mid-Ohio. If you make a nice pyramid sign for the top of the high ace, yeah. you can, you know, not sell, but right. we'll at least have to answer any questions and maybe get some calls the following week. Oh, yeah. I've seen yeah. just one of the... Just just put a big fuck off flag on it that answers like the seven questions. No, it was never sold in the U.S. Right, exactly. It is now. It's over 25 years <laughs> right. old. Yeah, you just, can own one. Just put gator board, just write it on gator board and hang yeah. it on the side with suction cups. So every hillbilly that's like, because I was calling, I was like, okay, look, see that old white man? He's got a question. And if we hang around here any longer, yeah, it's he's going to stop us to ask a question. Meanwhile, we've got the holy mother of inertia yeah. getting through 96 inches of mud. And that guy would chase, like, he was going to chase us. Yeah, yeah. He was going to, like, I got a question to ask, and my brain has finally put it into the form of a sentence. <laughs> so, oh, you can't get away from me now. I'm going to run through this poop. And uh, and they did. They ran through poop to ask us dumb questions. Yeah. But I, of all the things there, that van got so much fucking attention. Everybody that saw it was like, "Whoa, that's fucking!" Awesome. I think we might bring two or three of them next year. Yeah, I mean that might oh, be next year is going to be the mini truck. I think. Well, we've got the one mini truck outside already. Oh, I didn't so. even get to look at that. Yeah, there's a Honda Acti parked outside. That's, uh, yes. you know, yeah. Now it's the town version. Okay. It's not the attack. double secret super low gear attack. The attack. It's not the attack. It doesn't version. have the ultra low. No, it has the kinder, gentler all-wheel drive system. Okay. It has the Honda element of all-wheel drive systems. Okay. You know. That's still not a problem. No, no. It's got the nice interior too. It's got the cloth interior with the nice brown dashboard. Does it have um, a radio? It does have a radio. Does it have air conditioning? It does not. Oh, I know. I know. I'm, the ultimate goal is going to be to find a K truck that has good air conditioning. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Because that is going to be living large. You That's saw, me. You know, I'm going to suck up like one of your three horsepower stuff. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, you're going to find a junky one and then build an M1 or M274 yeah. or 247. What is it? Which one? A, mu- a mule. A mu- oh, 151. Oh, a mule. A mule. No, a mule. Just buy a mule. Oh. Don't, even, don't mm-hmm. even build a mule. Just buy a mule. Oh. Yeah. That stuff still exists out there. Those mules are, are not. The mule is a cargo platform yeah. used in Vietnam. And the idea is it has a folding steering wheel. And you sit on the front right corner of this platform. It's basically the size of two pallets. It's like a hay wagon. It is a hay wagon. It's got tires underneath it, but it's just a flat deck with a small motor. The original 4x4 ATV. Yeah. And the idea is you sit with your feet in a little collapsible bucket that hangs off the front of the thing. And that's where the controls are. But you could just as easily dismount the steering wheel down to a low position and crawl beneath it. So you, you can could, st- you can put it in reverse, yeah. and walk and, yep. and drive and walk and, and walk use it like a like, loading vehicle, yeah. like a forklift truck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're very handy to have around, and they are they are an absolute off road vehicle. They're just a platform. Now, what's weird about these K trucks is 
the bed on them, the good ones have fold down beds. Mm. So all the walls on that thing fold flat, which means you could put two pallets on it. Mm -hmm. And they're rated to carry 750 kilograms. So 1,600 pounds. 1,600 yeah. pounds. Three quarters of a goddamn ton. On a tiny little truck. On a tiny little truck. Could like carry that. a Fiat 850. Oh, there's no doubt in my mind. Could carry a Fiat 350 or 850. Yeah, so that's something. So, yeah, so we got the first one, the Honda Acti. And then uh, next weekend, or next week, I'm going to go pick up the Daihatsu. This one's fun because it's got the motor in the middle. Yeah. So that's cool. It's got a 12-valve motor. Ooh. Oh, is that three, a three-cylinder with four apiece, or is that a four with three apiece? It's, it's a three with four apiece. 660cc? 660, yep, exactly. Handles remarkably good for a 25-year-old car. Hmm. Gear changes, not so special. There's a lot of linkages going between the driver's compartment and the motor out back. Um, it's you, you shift it with your fingertip. Yeah, you shift it with your fingertips. And it's a long distance. Yeah, it is, it is exactly. Yeah, I've, I've felt more responsiveness out of a pool noodle. Yeah, yeah it's a very, very weird association between the motor and the, the gear shift. Typical oh. gear? Uh, yep, typical configuration. Yeah. Yeah, Except you're shipping with your left hand. Left-handed, right, you know, right. Japanese car thing. But the rest of it's all, I drove it to work today. I've had it up to almost 62 miles per hour. Hmm. So that's that's okay. That's doing fine. You can compare that to, to a side-by-side -side that is nowadays $15,000. Oh, God, yeah, yeah, right. And does not have a heated enclosed no. You could buy a fleet of these for the price of one proper... Razor or something, yeah, that, yeah, and they're these are fun. Their off road prowess is pretty decent if yeah. you watch some videos and stuff of it. Yeah, that's I think I they might... do the pug where they walk on their they, their two back feet are up in the air while they walk a little uh, bit. Okay. What? Well, they tend to go their front heavy, really, so like you're going through a lot of like the well, this very, one, very right. common to get one or two wheels off on the, the back. Suzuki's have they the motor in the front, lines. well. In the front-ish, you're sitting on the motor essentially. This one has the motor in the back, so it's not as front-heavy. That Mazda we had was motor in the front, yeah. and I have stabbed the brakes hard on that Mazda <laughs> and had the back wheels go solid four, five, six inches up in the air. <laughs> so I would smash the brakes in the Mazda Porter Cab with nothing in the bed, and that back end would get so light. <laughs> well, that came back to haunt me. I was going to do a pickup or a delivery of somebody's bike, and it was fucking snowing. And I had taken off of the factory Lambretta wheels that were on this thing from <laughs> Japan, you know, three and a half by tens, yeah. right? I'd taken those off, and I'd got some actual Yokohama <laughs> mini, you know, mini car racing tires. They were uh, three tread pattern. They were really cool. They were wider. But they didn't help with the traction any. They weren't a narrow. They were a wide. So when the snow came down and the road got iced over, Ooh. and I was driving by the airport... And I made a little gentle left onto Brook Park Road, and I did not one but two 360s <laughs> before I ran out of inertia and hit the gravel, like one inch away from the guardrail. And there were, I had no control. There was absolutely no controlling it because it's such a short wheelbase. It's such a narrow wheelbase. You can turn the wheel any direction you want to. Nothing's going to happen. It just wants to walk. Around. All four wheels were just, nobody had traction. So it was like, ooh, that, yeah, that's a, that's a sketchy thing to drive. So snow or ice. The good news with the Honda Acti is there's lots of quadrunner tires that'll go right on those yeah. rims. I think those rims are just begging to have all kinds of fun things put on them. So yeah, I'll get a second set of rims so you can swap them. Well, I mean, we're gonna get a second set of rims because they'll look cooler. But I mean, hey, you got that cool little white vehicle. 
What would look better than to make it a funky color Just and put fun uh, rims on it? I the, want agriculture. The, I want ag tires. Ag tires. Uh, that might be for the Daihatsu. The Daihatsu has a proper real four-wheel drive system. Uh, okay. So the Daihatsu almost looks like it lends itself better to being jacked up and having some nasty... Stump grinder wheels. Yeah. The, yeah. the Hoonigan guys, uh, Ken Block's yeah. um, buddies that have the Hoonigan garage, yeah. I think it's a Honda Active. If not, it's it's whatever other company makes one that looks exactly mm-hmm. like it. Yeah. But they put exactly what you're talking about, like racing little rims on it and stuff, yeah. in a one-off body kit that like, comes all the way down to oh, the really? ground and stuff. And oh, it, man. It, it looks like one it's of like those... a mini Euro truck. Yeah, it yeah. looks like one of those Euro <laughs> racing trucks. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's, oh, that's it's super really cool. cool. Yeah. I'll have to look that up. I think that's it. If anybody else has any stunning words of wisdom or other call for enlightenment, I think we've nailed it. Anybody going to fuel? I'm going to swing by fuel. I mean, Tomorrow. I have to work. We're, you know, we're yeah. going to be here trying to sell bikes, but at some point, I'm going to swing over there. There are parties going on at Saucy Buell. Buell right, Buell they're at Saucy right, right now, downtown. Yeah. So, yeah, we're going to drop this tomorrow, so there'll still be some fuel left for people right. who listen to the podcast and want to go get their fuel on. Oliver Peck is going to be there again. Okay. He's the Ink Master guy, but a hell yeah. of a nice guy. And well, like, to cool. let people know, fuel is a motorcycle right. art and lifestyle exposition mm-hmm. and i did check and they did move the location it is not in skidmark garage really you said like uh 36 yeah in superior yeah, i'll oh, give you the, we'll right. give you the proper address here in a second but yeah they uh they did move the location of the event but it is a great thing you know you go look at really cool motorcycles there's some you know motorcycles as art choppers all kinds of cool stuff well and it's a, it's a custom show that is not just harley Davidson, exactly which it's is really pretty cool. yeah yeah it yeah. really is and i gotta give jesse jesse bassett he's the organizer of gas box he does just a hell of a job with the thing. Uh, do get a chance to go out and check it out. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So that's something that you should do. It's at 5401 Hamilton. No, so wait, that's, that that's is, where the that's, shop that's is. That's the shop. Okay, give me a second. Yep, let me check to make sure because that might be old information. Because I, I, um, I thought it was at the Madison. That's what it's called. Yeah, the Madison. What's Correct. the Madison? Uh, the Madison is a former industrial complex that's been turned into a de facto art gallery. Is that down there where they had the Cleveland Flea? I believe it is. Place? Yep, I believe it is. It's a nice building. It's a really cool property. Um, you should check it out. I'm pulling it up right now. But if you just type in The Madison uh, to your thumb-powered device, mm-hmm. you'll find it. The uh, It's cool. If you've never been to Fuel Cleveland, uh, there's all kinds of weird shit. You know, There were some three-wheeled, gold-wing-powered car Bikes last year. Bikes, people, the whole deal. Yeah, all of our freaky friends will be there. Um, it's a good, it's a really good time. So do do give it if you get a chance, check out Fuel. You you won't regret it. There's, it's free, dude. You walk in and you mm. see shit. Walk in and see cool shit. And they have if cool you like vendors it, and hats. Yeah, and buy, you can't buy get cool stuff. Else. See yeah. cool stuff. Ride your bike. You know, stand around outside and watch people do wheelies and burnouts. It's fun. That's this weekend, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. tomorrow. Parties tonight. Yep. Shows oh my tomorrow. God, it's tomorrow. Yeah, it's tomorrow. That's that is what happened. Where's that the happened. The, the saucy summer Mueller. just <laughs> saucy. So that's at the corner of twenty seventh or twenty eighth in Detroit. Yeah. Where's yeah. the after party? Well, that's the before. <laughs> you got to go to the before party to find out. Right. Uh, that's right. There you go. Excellent. It's probably at that place where you have to pay girls to slap you with paddles right across where the street. Where is fuel? Low, is is that going to be at Skinner? No, no, it's going to be at the, the Were you just not here a second ago? He was in the bathroom. <laughs> he was in the bathroom. Yeah. If the, you got uh, paid for this, you'd be fired right now. Yeah. Thank well, God you know. I don't get paid. Thank God you don't get paid for it. Right, exactly. Uh, yeah, that's... It's a great event. I think that, you know, I think everyone should give it a chance to check it out. Uh, 
Let me, I'm going to pull the address up for the Hamilton just so for people that are too tired to uh, look it up themselves. It is an east side haunt. I mean, it's an east side location. It's like Midtown, they call it. It is. Yeah, that's that. Yeah. The, the, I like how that. It's Midtown now. Right. Yeah. Way less scary. Yeah. 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 East side's like east of 55th, in it's my true. opinion. Yep. It is true. I don't know yeah. where you draw yeah. the actual line. You know? Yeah. I agree. Yeah. It is, it is a funny thing. The Hamilton Garage? No, that's 1277 East 12th there? Street. That's no, not where? it. It's a fuel. If you don't find it soon, this thing's going to be over. I know. I'm telling you guys. I'm trying real hard. My yeah. daughter's away this weekend. Really? Maybe I could go sneak out. Wow. Uh-oh. Danger, Will Robinson. I went last year. Oh. It was really cool, man. Yeah. It is 5401 Hamilton Avenue, Cleveland, Ohio. No, that's the skid no, that's the old one. That, that is the skid mark. I'm yeah, telling you. Oh, they, okay. did, they did yeah. Mama Tries Flat Out Fridays right, right. and yeah. then the thing. They didn't do it this year. It kind of pissed me off. Mm. I was, like, was po- going to race the Grim. Nah, there's yeah. a, with your, there's yeah. a poster right there. That was a, almost exactly I'll a year ago. I'll make it happen. Yeah, man. that's true. That was almost a year ago. Exactly. Yep. I'm doing it at Christmas. I'm getting my leg removed and then put back on right before Christmas so I can just ah, lay there. The Madison, 4601 Payne <laughs> Avenue. Can 46 you ask Feel the get, pain. 4601 Payne. Ask to keep your hip joint. Oh, I don't know. That like would get, be fucking cool. Yeah, like joint. in a bottle or something. Yeah, like they're going to dispose of it. Chuck it to your dog or something like that. <laughs> 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 hey, Man. buddy, I got a real treat for you. You've been trying to hump my leg. Now you can eat now it. Now you can eat it. Once he gets a taste for it. Yeah. Oh. Once he gets a taste That's it. Cujo. What's wrong? What's wrong with you, Cujo? That's terrible. Well, remember, guys, drive fast and take chances. Forty six oh one Payne Avenue. Cleveland, Ohio, Ohio, Ohio.